0: All right, guys, you know how it is. We're going to start the show with uh, some of the great people we have on board. We have a lot to get to this show, which I'm really excited for. I've been enjoying doing these. And as any of you who have been listening know, two times a week this month starts. Really excited for it. Um, and before we get to any of that stuff, wanted to let you know, of course, that I've been using Ned, Chris has been using Ned, and CBD has become extremely popular, especially in the past year. And as the market becomes saturated, it becomes more and more difficult to navigate and choose the right company and product. That's where Ned comes in. They produce the highest quality CBD extracted from the finest organic hemp plants from a small homestead in the bountiful farmland of Paonia, Colorado. Ned is a wellness brand offering science-backed and nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. No isolates, no synthetic ingredients, full transparency. They actually share third party lab reports on their website and uh, who farms their products, the extraction process, any of that if you want to look it up right there um, on HelloNed.com. And their full spectrum hemp oil only contains their CBD extract and non GMO MCT oil. That's it. As we've said before on the show, the taste is clean. And pure, whether you're looking at CBD as a sleep aid, anti-inflammatory, natural pain reliever, anxiety, post-traumatic stress treatment, depression treatment, source of rich antioxidants, or uh, in your case, Chris, uh, your ulcerative colitis. Yeah, inflammatory bowel
1: disease. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, so any of those are some of the great benefits you're going to get. And uh, yeah, Ned will not get you high, as we've said before. Uh, Full spectrum hemp is a non-psychotropic once again, meaning it will not get you high. And NED products contain a minuscule amount of THC, less than 0.3% as allowed by law. And I have to laugh at that one because I know that you've uh, gotten messages, as have I, of, uh, you know, some of the people that are in law enforcement that this, you know, they can't really get a chance yeah. to try this. But <laughs> until the laws change, yeah, for the rest of us, uh, it's, it's a great product.
1: You know, I, that it makes no sense to me because you have guys, and I was one of those guys that would self-medicate with Jack Daniels. <laughs> and how healthy is that for you exactly. when you're going through things? So, law enforcement and state and federal governments, you need, you know, you need to fix your, fix your rules. But other, getting on the a positive subject, uh, we talk about the CBD oil and it does a great job. And and I've got to a point now where I'm leveled off that I really take it now. And you know, I used to, i tried it morning, night, afternoon, and I was good. Actually, anytime I took it throughout the day. But I'm at a point now where if I'm just feeling a little bit off, maybe it's low, maybe it's a little bit with some anxiety, that's when I'll take it. And, and so uh, once you get it in your system, guys, then you can play around with the dosages and, uh, and also the times to take it and find out what works best for you. But also the body butter. We haven't talked much about the body butter. Sure. I, I have used that. And I tell you what, for sore muscles as an analgesic, I uh, just threw my back out on Monday Cleaning my toilet. <laughs> it's
0: it's like, always something like that. It's never like deadlifting, or it's always <laughs> the stupid
1: stuff. Yeah, I always have. But you know, the it, when you do that, the muscles get inflamed and then they tighten up because they swell, and and it's a mess. And I put the body butter on. I've been using it anyway on my elbow, but I, I used it quite extensively on my lower back to get the muscles to loosen up to get into inflammation out, and it worked tremendously. So we talk about the CBD oil my gosh, just the body butter as an analgesic and an anti-inflammatory as a, as a rub on instead of using icy hot or something like that, that you just, you, you know, you smell my age, which is over 50. You (laughs) you smell that that nice, that it is tremendous. So, uh, your CBD oil, it speaks for itself there. You know, you don't, I, I preach for that, but also if you are an active, active, uh, individual, you're an athlete, uh, you go to the gym, you run quite a bit. I highly rec- recommend the body butter as an analgesic and anti-inflammatory as well as, as a topical. So, fantastic stuff. So, that that's just another thing I found out. Really, using no, it quite great, extensively. Man. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, perfect stuff.
0: Yeah, that's high praise. And I, I should throw out there, they also have the Natural Cycle Collection for the women out there. So, all different stuff. And, uh, yeah, if you want to check out Ned and try CBD, we have a special offer for the Battleline podcast audience, which... Many of you guys have taken advantage of. Go to helloned.com, www.helloned.com, slash BattleLine, or enter BattleLine at checkout for 15% off your order, plus free shipping. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com, slash BattleLine, to get 15% off your order, plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned, and every episode of ours. And now that we're doing two a week, it'll be uh, one a week for them, is Fort Scott Munitions, who we love, stand behind their manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC-spun ammunition that's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammo was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, uh, but it also became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. And I should throw out there uh shameless plug, you know, you got some classes coming up for people in, yeah. in certain states and you'll be using Fort Scott munitions.
1: Yeah, we have one coming up in Oklahoma at Iron Gal Firearms there at Eddie, Eddie Ranji's place in uh, Keefer Oklahoma. It's right outside Tulsa. So uh, a lot of pictures I'm sure we'll have on our Battleline Tactical website. And Ian, you're always good at reposting a lot of that stuff on the Battleline podcast site. So if you're looking at ammunition, you still don't know what to get. Um, man, uh, go to the next week on the Battleline Tactical website or the Battleline podcast website. We'll have present and pictures, of my own, and you can see myself and Ben Morgan and Eddie also uses Fort Scott Munitions at times, and you'll see it in action. So, uh, uh, definitely great stuff, and and we'll be we we'll use it. I use it, and I use it for my home defense, and i can't say enough high praise about it every week i do no no problems with it no issues with it and it's extremely effective and it's consistent tolerances are outstanding and it works in short barrel rifles and it also works in pdws which are the little the longer pistols (laughs) by half face they're both little carbines atf come on give me a break but (laughs) that's what they're designed. i mean the 300 blackout i use and and the 556 i use that's it's designed for those short barrel rifles and you need something specifically designed for those rifles or else they'll be very ineffective they'll have stoppages so check out Fort scott munitions and and like I said check out the uh, Battleline Tactical uh, Facebook page and Instagram page next week and you'll have pictures and videos of us using them on the range and seeing it in, in action.
0: Yeah, man. The only complaint I've heard is that they're out of stock on a lot of stuff. <laughs> so you got to go on the website and get yeah. it while you can. You know, I know yeah. that they're hiring new people. I know they're yeah. going to restock on that stuff. But yeah, there it's a heavy demand right now. So use that promo code. It's Battleline. For 15% off your order, only available to listeners of this podcast, the Battleline Podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline Podcast. Once again, fortscottmunitions.com, F-O-R-T-S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S.com. Promo code Battleline for 15% off. And with that, let's get into everything.
2: on the microphones pure and uncensored american straight talk never quit you're locked and loaded with chris Peronto and ian scotto this this is, is the this. battle line podcast
1: which is on motherfucker i'm gonna shoot you in the face
0: The switch is on episode 26. Could you believe I was just thinking about it. We're pretty much at the 6 month mark of doing this podcast.
1: I didn't know that. But I don't even know what time it <laughs> is right now and half the time I I've, I've got to get my alert and I'm still late getting on the on the podcast. I you're always calling me, "Hey, dude, you ready?" Yeah, no, no, no. you called. You called prior Did I do it? How am I not that? See, senility kicks in. Senility's a motherfucker, dude. Yeah.
0: I no, know. I just mean from before. You called me like an hour before, and I was just like, ah, oh. let me let me eat my lunch right now. Oh, man. that's oh, all that's, that's, <laughs> that's true. That's true. The, the brain is
1: working when I'm out for a run. Um, that's what I. That's what I do my best work when the endorphins are working. But yeah, I, yeah it's amazing that we're we're this far into it, and uh we're having a good time doing it. And. And, um, you know, I love, I, I, and I love that both of you and I, we, we look at the numbers kind of, but that doesn't drive us to continue to want to do this. So that's what I, I I think that's why we have so much fun and we're like, oh my gosh, 26, because we're not always looking at, oh my gosh, what are the numbers we get? And how are we doing this week? It's, Hey, how'd that go? I felt good. All right. Damned on the listeners. I mean, we want to pick listeners up, but we don't, we don't really concern ourselves with it a whole bunch. And I, I think that's a positive. And I think that's what honestly people should do whenever you're doing anything is don't always look at the outcome down the road i mean you want to be effective you want to stay positive but just work look on the now and just keep keep moving and keep moving and things are always going to work out and look how we're at we're at 26 i don't think people thought we probably would get by six to be honest with you (laughs) so outstanding and man i I know we're going to talk about the end of the show but man we got some we got some pretty heavy people lined up uh next month so kudos to you brother so i said uh, roll man
0: I mean, I'll throw out a few names that you'll see. I don't – you know, I always uh, – because things could always change things down the line. Change. of but, yeah, jinx, but Don't jinx you know, us. What's, yeah, what's cool to me, though, is actually cooler than numbers is people I'm a fan of saying, I'm a fan of Tonto, can't wait to talk to you guys. Like, I, I grew up listening to Corn, and when Dave Silvera is like, I'm a huge <laughs> oh, fan of Tonto, can't wait to come on, or Jimmy Allen from Puddle of Mud, like, to see people I'm a fan of I know that like thirteen year old me or sixteen year old me is excited that this is what I, get I to do. I know that is so, and
1: those are the guys when I was at Range Battalion that we talked about last episode that I grew up in the military on. I grew up listening to Puddle of Mud and and oh my god, uh, for follow the leader was that the first that album? I remember that the album cover. It was so is it was they're playing hopscotch and and yeah. the, the girls going over. That was such a big deal back in the day and. But those guys, man, just rocking out to corn and to get Jonathan Davis. I still want to learn. Maybe Dave can teach teach me how how he does that. I I can't even do it. The grumbling sound when he's when he's when he's like rapping but not rapping, and it's just <laughs> I love it when he did that that first time with uh, the guys from the West Side Connection, Ice Cube, and and. Um, Oh, this is the other one. Gosh, I know you're talking
0: about a WC, right? WC, and Mac w- Ken. yeah, back Ten. You know, and I know my music.
1: It. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. <laughs> I love. It. I knew you'd know. Him. And especially when the music video came out, and they're doing the basically, he's doing guys, he's doing a Crip Walk, is what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, they got the life video. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that and that that video is outstanding too, because it's like, and honestly, I I don't know how he feels. I kind of understand a little bit of of what that video is about. About like when I nuked all my social media pages. Cause you're like to hell with this. Give the finger. I'm tired of this life. F you I'm doing, I'm going to start over and just be normal. And that video actually exemplifies that, you know, driving the Ferrari off, off the, uh, into the, the, the canal, Los Angeles. What is it? The Los Angeles canal, giving it a, another one, giving it away to a homeless person. One of the, the base the guy that played. Yeah,
0: VLD, yep. I remember that. Yep. So I, it, it's, I just, I love, honestly,
1: I love their music and Puddle of Mud, Blurry still one of the best songs out there ever still.
0: Timeless, yeah, and and timeless. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it more when Dave is on. I mean, we have uh, Christoph coming on for this show, but he was such an integral part of that band because uh, you know, he's no longer in Korn, yeah. but Korn yeah. never really had a big hit without him. Every yeah. song that people know, whether it's Blind or Got the Life or uh Freak on a Leash, that that was oh, all yeah. David and I think that they're missing him. And he seems like a great guy from the uh, from the sh- the time that I actually got to talk to him previously. I know that he is a strong Second Amendment guy, supporter of you. So it's cool to talk to these guys and see that cross-section. Um, yeah. With that, we, we have an email from a listener sent to uh, battlelinepodcast at gmail.com that I thought was good. This is from David Eden. And keep sending these in. We'll, we'll try to get to them at the top of the show if they're good questions and to the point like this one. Uh, Chris, while deployed, did you ever see guys, good or bad, carry eccentric or unusual guns, stuff outside the usual military issue these days? Just curious if this sometimes happens in real life, not just an action novel trope. Thanks, Dave.
1: You know, no. Uh, most guns, because they're so – there's a plethora – I still love using the plethora.
0: <laughs> that's,
1: that's that's my LFA Jefe. Three amigos lineage goes through but the plethora of guns. There's so many AKs and PKMs, and and so so the bad guys, and even even the good guys that were working with local nationals in the in the various countries, it's still AK-47s. It's still PKMs, which are the belt-fed machine guns that are out there. They're just, you know, it's just what country are you getting them from? Are you getting them from Pakistan so they break, or are you actually getting the Russian-made ones that work consistently and are effective, or the Chinese ones that break as well? So, um, yeah, I'm trying to think what was the most outrageous gun – yeah, uh, you know, honestly, the Makarovs in Afghanistan were still – actually, I taught Makarov. I taught classes, uh, the Afghan, local NDS, National Defense Service guys. I was an instructor for the Afghanis. The NDS is their C version of the CIA actually taught them how to use uh, how to use the Makarov. I taught a Makarov class. And, nice, nice, Yeah. And, they, and those are actually pretty cool guns. They're just, uh, yeah, they can they can go off. <laughs> they can go off accidentally <laughs> with nobody standing around. them. But that's just the Makarov. So it's not a it's not a gun that that's that's just Outlandish you've never seen. So that's a great question. But yeah, I'd be honest. And with us, it it usually was a carbine of sort, whether it was a Colt, whether it was a, uh, uh, you know, Bushmaster, whether it was uh, HK416s were all the rage when I was in. That was like the big thing because all the gas weapons, gas, uh, gas driven weapons were going to piston fired weapons. Because uh, of the dirt, you know, piston were or you could you didn't have to clean them as much, and they wouldn't they wouldn't bog down in all that fine dust over in Afghanistan or Iraq or Libya or whatever desert country you were in. So, uh, yeah, brother, I, I I wish I could say I saw a super space gun with the Luke Skywalker <laughs> grip and the and the kung fu kung fu back strap, and but no, the, everything was. Everything was what you would honestly see in a movie. It, it really it because and it says a lot for AK-47s that have been around forever. Those things work. They just work. The coolest thing though I could say that I uh, that I saw and this was in Kandahar was and then coast um, was um, when they started to mount 203 tubes the the uh, 40 mic mic tubes on AK-47s. I'd never seen that before. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. That's little AK AK47, and then it had a, a 203 tube on it. With and um, that was pretty awesome. And then the AK, there is an actual. It's it's not it's not a joke. There is an actual AK74, and that just it's a different caliber. Those are cool as hell, and they're like they're just longer barrel, little smaller round, um, um, and it's just designed to to shoot a little faster and be a little farther. You can mount a different scope on it. And those were pretty awesome, but you, you saw those every once in a while. But I, I just think they're just harder to come by, just because of the money, and there just weren't a ton of them made, and they're used for a specific purpose, and that is more for a long range or sniper, uh, and with from the bad guys, which thank God we didn't see a ton of them because they are extremely effective weapons. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, bro, I I wish I I did, I wish I I wish I had a RoboCop gun and say, yeah, here's this, girl. but no, nah, it's all the same in Americans. No, nah, we. We were kinda of hindered by our by the by the Geneva Convention and by NATO what we what we have to carry and even ammunition. You know, you couldn't bring ammunition that wasn't green tip ammunition and military grade ammunition in or you would get in trouble. And we did in Iraq. We would bring armor piercing rounds, we bring bring a different sort of uh, fragmentary rounds in, but if we got caught and we'd have to we i I'll tell you right now, we had to smuggle them in if we got caught with that, we would get pulled up on charges by the state department. So we stopped doing it because guys actually started to get caught. And, uh, but you know, we felt like we needed them at the time, especially armor piercing instead of the green tip. But you know, the, of course we, we've, we follow rules even in war, which makes a lot of sense. I, I can you hear the, the, uh, can you hear the, um, the irony in my voice? I'm being, uh, <laughs> right? But our enemy doesn't sounds like gun yeah. laws here, huh? <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> but, um, yeah, brother. Uh, great question. And I, off the top of my head and I believe me, I would remember if I saw some crazy gun out there, but I, I didn't, I, I just saw the standard and, and again, AK 47s, man, that those are everywhere. And they're still, those things still drive nails and, and they'll kill you. They'll kill you in a heartbeat. So, um, uh, I'm very lucky. I'm very, I'm very blessed that I never had to feel the jolt of AK 47 bullet, seven, six, two by three, nine bullet. But, um, uh, I know my friends, some of my friends did. So, uh, but yeah, bro, I, I I wish I had some better answer for you, some cool answer, but I don't.
0: <laughs> no, I, I think that's a great answer. Uh, before we get to Christoph, I, I know you had a couple of things you wanted to get into maybe quickly. Um, You were saying you had something to say about urbanization currently and, and bringing production back to the U.S.
1: Well, you know, yeah, I think a lot, if, and this is what I always with this coronavirus thing going on. And when I, you and I, and we both, we both, I think both of us have stayed pretty positive throughout this whole thing. And, oh, yeah. and it, we've you know also, I'm sh- sorry
0: to interrupt. You know, what's kept me no, positive, honestly, man, is podcasts. It's not oh, just because yeah. of what we do. Um, I mean, I like doing it, but I, I think even though I've been in this industry for 14 years, it made me realize how important it is to me. Like oh, yeah. whether it's listening to Eddie Trunk or listening to Covino and Rich or, Joe Rogan's podcast or you know Bobby Lee uh, Tiger Belly I listen to so many podcasts but I know you're more of like a movie guy I just think having the connection of people who are going through this and kind of keeping us distracted with other entertaining things and hopefully we're doing that same thing for people and yeah, that that's kept me positive for sure. I, and uh, this, that's the way
1: news should be. You're you're not getting sound bites anymore, you're, and that's what that's what sucks about the mainstream media. That's what is you are going to be manipulated into a direction. It doesn't matter how strong that you think you are, or how I'm ne- I'm not going to let them move me into that. You're you're going to get manipulated, or you're going you have four minutes four minutes you got a soundbite and who knows what's going to happen in those four minutes that you mean and you never get it to say what you really mean it's just blam soundbite and and so yeah that that sucks if people are gonna people are this is the way to go for people to get information but um what what is what i was saying with the uh urbanization and what i was saying with the um um what, what was the question?
0: No, I, I, I remember I asked you before. I was like, do you want to hit on anything? You said urbanization and, and uh, bringing production back to bringing, the but, Well, I, I, was, I, did a, I just did a
1: podcast with uh, Ian, Tr- Ian Trottier is how I say his name. Um, and, you know, he did. He asked a question. He goes, what do you think can come out of or what's coming to come out of this COVID thing? And I said, well, or what have we learned? And that's what I was getting at is. Thinking of this as a positive, this is a this is a time for us to look at our country, come back and say, okay, what really what our it's time to start doing our AARs. You know, we we've we're getting through this, and you can see by the numbers, and just look at the numbers, you can see oh, yeah, we are getting are through flashing, this. For sure, but but you and I even talked about it, uh, uh, you know, four or five podcasts ago. Hey, what what should we do? And I, I even said, Hey, not let's not worry about it right now. Let's let's just continue on what we're doing. Let's get through it first. But when once we start to come out of it, let's start to do an AR to see where we went wrong and what we can do to improve as a country. Well, that's one of the things I see is that and, and you said it best and, and to me, and you know, it kind of made me go, Yeah, she's right. When you said we don't provide anything, any resources anymore to the world except movies. That's yeah. what we do. Well when that we're seeing that now, that's hindering us because we don't produce. We aren't self-reliant anymore. We depend on, again, the irony of this. We depend on China for a lot of our a lot of our our, our consumables. Yeah. That's ridiculous. We we need to bring everything back. And that's not being racist. That's not being discriminatory. That's being a good country being responsible to your own citizens, being self-reliant.
0: Is that? Yeah. Or, that, or I, I would even say at least with to nations that are favorable towards yes, us you know I, what i mean not I, not our enemy your
1: allies your allies definitely um and and having you know having farms again you know having being having the you know the steel plants i know they put out a bunch of pollution i wasn't bringing steel but but having the manufacturing plants back again the, the big ones that when i was growing up and you know we are smart enough now that we, we can and they, the ceos out there you get you guess you can't take your billion dollar uh, bonuses you're gonna to have to put some of that money back in pollution control. But you know, doing that so with something like this ever happens again, we don't have and I think some of it is hysteria, but the shortages of of items out there, not just in the grocery stores, but in the hospitals. And that goes back to the hospital administrators. You gotta stay on top of it. You gotta be ready for the worst case scenario, which our government and the hospitals weren't. We didn't have that 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 uh that that um inventory that surplus inventory that we did before the 2000 whenever the the h1n1 came out so we had that massive surplus
0: and and i think some of it i mean you definitely could blame on just poor allocation of money which is always you know the the country as a whole pays a ridiculous amount in taxes yeah yeah. and what those taxes go to a lot of the times are stuff that uh, we would all be outraged by if we really looked at it you know piece by piece it's Funding our enemies and, oh, yeah. you know, as, oh, as opposed yeah. to having ventilators.
1: <laughs> and and, and that goes back to if, if something breaks down, worst case scenario again, if we have the production here that we don't have to go outside of the United States to get things built. Like whatever pieces we need for ventilators or, or hospital beds or, or just toilet paper or, or bullet or whatever. It's all right here. We have it in our country. But, well, the costs are going to go up. Well, you know what? We're going to have to pay a little bit more. And again, CEOs out there, I guess you're not going to be able to live in an $80 billion house anymore. You can live in a $10 billion house and still be fine. I guarantee <laughs> you're, you're going to be fine. All right. Only have one jet instead of 10. You're going to be fine. But uh, that's where I get it. And then that's where it comes with the urbanization. And I just look out my window in, in Omaha and saw when I moved to Omaha in 95, you could come into Omaha And you were seeing cornfield after cornfield after cornfield. And now because we aren't self-reliant, because we don't pay the farmers they need to, they're they're, they're selling their farms off. And I mean, do you blame them? They're not making any money. They're losing money being farmers. And they're building houses and they're building these crappy apartments. I mean, I got two crappy ass apartments right down the road from my house here in North Omaha where there used to be trees and fields. Yeah. And it just destroys neighborhoods. And I go run now. And thank you, Mayor Stothert and Don Bacon for that. I really appreciate that, you money grubbers. But I, you know, I, I go down running outside here in, in North Omaha, and what that brings into it, uh, you know, it, I know people say, well, people need places to live. Well, we have, we do. You just got to fix up the places that are you're not that you're letting go dilapidated, and, instead of building up. Uh, but what this brings in though is just trash everywhere. We've got a dollar store. Okay, we got a dollar store right next to my house now Uh, and down the road a mile away We have a strip mall that has so many open stores that nobody's ever rented in that They very well just could have done a mile away and put a dollar store in there But instead they just demolished a whole forested area wooded area to put a dollar store And now when I go running by it, and I run a lot, you know, everybody knows I go jogging every day that I can There is just trash everywhere so when you urbanize again, do you just destroy neighborhoods? And and I've seen that firsthand in my area here in North Omaha. I know we see that you you see that in New York. You know we see that everywhere. It needs to stop, brother. And, and that yeah. goes back to self reliance. Self reliance, keeping the farms, keeping places that we can produce and provide and 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 build up and giving farms farms in particular. For me, I'm very have a soft spot for farmers. Growing up on a farm, my grandfather was a farmer, but putting money back in that so we have. We have produce again. We don't have to depend on, on other countries to provide us with things. But then also stopping that stops it, keeping those farmers going, stopping the the urbanization of of areas that really need to stay they they need our natural resources. They need to stay trees. There the tree there need to be trees and and nice open areas and and areas that, and I have a firm belief in this. Areas that oxygenate, oxygenate, oxygenate. Help I me, mean, oxidate. I'm,
0: I'm not helping <laughs> you with that one. I, I, don't I don't know
1: oxidate, <laughs> oxidate the air and oxidate. There we go. I got it. I my master's degree paid off. Believe me, oxidate <laughs> the air and cl- it, it it all comes down to. I love the It, auto-ism. Sorry, it we is. Gotta, it we got to make like a
0: compilation. <laughs> we do, that.
1: we do. Um, what I'm I just, it's the same thing as that. It, we really are. We really are destroying this country we're destroying it by because of money because of greed and and it, it bothers me and and we've seen that now with what this has happened because of money and greed and you're right, piss poor allocation of resources not being resilient not having the, the ability to produce here in the united states the things that we need we're seeing with this with this hysteria, pandemic, whatever you want to call it With this virus, you're seeing those weaknesses Now we have a chance to fix them I don't think they're going to get fixed Because politicians care more about getting reelected Than really fixing things within the United States But uh, it's just my, my rant, my runoff my, I guess I did my little rant I don't do rants But what I've Because it, it, it's time we could fix this Because it makes me angry Because all this could have be avo- been avoided Yes, it could have um, And all, we, we're not going to learn from it even though we should, and I we're think, not. I think
0: some home. things you will, and, and I do want to get Christoph on. The one no, thing no, just, I guess I could add though is, I think the one positive that that we will learn, and like for sure, is that I think you're gonna, people are gonna see that there's not always a need to have hundreds of people crammed into an office building in New York yeah. City, yeah. Uh, yeah. and that some of those people could work from home. You know, like the guy who lives below me in my apartment, he, uh, he works like in the stock market in New York city. He's like, there's nothing I can't do from home that I, you know, was going into the city to do. There's a ton of people like that. And I think some of those people will say, well, if I could do the job from home, maybe I don't need to pay all this rent in New York city. Maybe I don't need to live in these crowded areas. Maybe I could move to like a house in Montana and do the exact exact same job that I'm doing. And fly to New York City for like a quarterly conference or something. Yeah, you know, I think yeah. I think that you're gonna see just because it it makes sense. You know what I mean? And it's not gonna cost anybody. I think Jobs, if anything, they're just gonna be like this. This just logically makes sense that we don't need to have everybody yeah. in the same building at the same time. Uh, with that, and I because I do want to get to Christoph. No, okay, get Christoph once off again. Yep. Yeah, uh, so before we do, Fort Scott Munitions, as we were saying before, is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed-out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammo being cnc spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, as Tonto will tell you, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in every state, as well as directly online. Once again, through fortscottmunitions.com. That's munitions. Use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peronto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast. With that, very excited to uh, dial up Christoph Lewis right now. Who we've uh, been meaning to have on for a while
1: Yeah, we he. I was on his podcast And, and he actually has a, He's got a good following I, I would even say cult-like following Which is awesome, but god-fearing man Navy veteran, just a tremendous Tremendous guy, So and you guys and, all find and that I think out here just, I second. think he
0: just joined us on the call so he hears Hey, you he, and he's such a, he's, on, guys, he's such, he, going,
1: he's he's such an <laughs> asshole And I hate him, oh he's on? Oh, oh shit, yeah. sorry <laughs> oh, what you know? Damn it <laughs> No, it's good to see, good to hear from you, brother. Thanks for coming on, man.
3: Absolutely, thanks for having me, guys. I've been looking forward to it. How's it going today?
0: No, we're, uh, we're excited, man. This is yeah. this is great. I I could actually tell you one of the people very excited to have you on, and Chris knows it is his wife Tanya. She was on the phone raving about you to me, to be honest, and saying like, I love the way Christoph goes into certain things. I love the way that he inspires people in a really yeah, well, uh, different way than other shows. And she was she was like, you got to oh, well. listen to him. she's a big fan of your podcast and what you do. So, uh, yeah, that's
3: so cool. No, you guys are awesome. I always appreciate the support. It's like one of those things where you get so obsessively about something like creating content, for example, in this example, and you forget like that people actually are like watching and listening sometimes. And it, it sounds crazy, right? But like sometimes you go a long time without feedback and it's just overwhelming. So it's good to hear that stuff.
1: Oh, shit, I get feedback all the time from my wife. Are you kidding me? Feedback, <laughs> oh, I'm always getting feedback. Yeah, you just, what the hell did you do that for? Why'd you say that? Oh, that's okay. Oh, man, you're fat. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, and that is sure that one. because
0: I can tell that you are in the same category as us where it's like we're in this uh, company of people not pushing any certain agenda. We're yeah. just speaking our mind, and yeah. I think that's why it doesn't feel like a job. We're just trying to do something mm-hmm. motivational that – that appeals to a wide audience. So, for people who don't know you, which I know a lot of the audience does, Kristoff is a Navy Special Warfare vet, host of the Kristoff Lewis podcast, which Chris was once again featured on episode 109. If you dig back in the archives, and uh, I, I think a good way to start everything actually would be your background. And you know, this this audience is pretty familiar with different branches of special operations, but I think yeah. some people might say. Hey, I know what the SEALs are. What exactly is NSW? So they might want to hear from you, like, Mm -hmm. what exactly you do and and maybe even a little bit of what Navy Special uh, Warfare is.
3: Yeah, sure. No problem. So as you guys were saying in the introduction, my name is Chris Lewis Cockrell or Christoph. I go by that. My mom immigrated here from Hungary in the 80s sometime, and she's been calling me that. um, Yeah, so... It's uh it's been interesting. It was nine years in the Navy. I got out a year and a half ago. I spent half that time in NSW, which is Naval Special Warfare, like you guys said. But I was what's called a electronics technician and it's a really versatile rate, like you can pretty much do anything within the Navy. And I ended up getting recruited to go to a command called Devgrew as uh, essentially support, combat support. So I got fully qualified to go Oh and and for the audience,
0: could I can I say Seal Team Six, even though you're not saying? You, it? you
1: can say yeah. I'll say most of the people know what Dev DevGuru is on this one, Chris. But yeah, you yeah. can say yeah, you can Seal Team Six. I don't think there's a hell Hellfire going to come in. You can even say Delta. you said Delta Eight Million. No Chris, hellfires I'm so, will come in. I, yeah, I, I'm
3: so ingrained not to say it that I just I know, don't. You know like for real, like for real. So. Um, I was at that place. <laughs> I was at the,
1: at that secret place. I yeah. was at da- I was at, yeah, well, Creek. Shit. I was I at mean, damn Nick. I was
3: yeah. <laughs> everybody you know, after like you know, two thousand eleven time frame, everybody pretty much knows what it is. But yeah. I, I, honestly on, on a serious note, like I was super humbled to be there. Like joining the Navy as an electronics technician, you don't wrap your head around being able to be in a position like that, you know, after as like a combat support guy, you have to try out to go to that command. So absolutely humbled to be there. But uh, I mean, I did work my ass off to get there. So essentially what that means, it's a special pocket within the Navy. Of course, everybody, like we said, you know, everybody knows about SEALs. SEALs work within a I guess a tiered system, you know, without getting too technical, there's multiple tiers in the Navy one, two and three, uh, quote unquote, big Navy. The guys in the ships are in three and then seals are in two and then that place, that little niche, is in one. So I got to work with those guys as doing electronics and networking. And then my favorite part of the job was what we like to call an RTO or radio telephone operator. And I just, I fell in love with that job. I really liked it. I got to go to some really cool remote places to be able to, to do that. And quite honestly, like I can genuinely say like the path that I'm on right now in my life, even though I'm out of the Navy now is a a direct result of all those experiences that I had and being able to work next to those guys. Like I've talked about being able to, you know, walk next to the giants. And I genuinely feel like cause like for people that don't know, it's like one thing, one level of badassery to get to Naval special warfare as a seal. But those guys that are there have been through hell and back worse than buds, worse than most people know. So to think about like a guy that just got in the Navy like a year and a half ago, and they're, they're going to trust you to like work next to them and do their comms, which I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with communications, but it's, it's kind of important, right? Yeah. <laughs> you need it. <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was just a gut check, man. And I was coming from like a, Really selfish place before the Navy, and and just didn't know anything about myself, and uh, so it was a good chin check to be able to work with those guys for about four four and a half years. So out of my nine years in the Navy, about half of that time was, as they say, on the tip of the spear. And then my career took a a pivot, and I left that command, and I ended up taking the tail end of my career at the the I guess if we're going to use the spear analogy, the opposite end of the spear, and I was on shore command in charge of a a center for communications for all the Atlantic fleets. And that was, it was great. So it was interesting because I was actually talking about creating content. I made a post about how the spear, you know, you can be on the tip of the spear and you can be on the quote unquote back of the spear, the handle of the spear, but every part of the spear, it contributes to the death of its enemy, right? You can't, the spear can't penetrate and kill its enemy without being thrown from the handle, you know? So I, I, I didn't have that attitude when I got to that second command, you know, I, uh, I felt a little privileged to be at that first command. And so I had a shitty attitude going into the the, the second <laughs> place before I got out. But you know, it's funny because I ended up learning o- almost more about myself because of that with dealing all those emotions that I got there. So um, before I get into too many things and too far off track uh, to, to recap, it's just nine years in the Navy, half of that in special warfare as an RTO doing uh, communications and networking, and then the second half of that in a leadership position taking care of short command communications that dealt with the atlantic fleets and then I leveraged the training from that initial command and in i t to be able to get some i t jobs outside of the navy and I'm still working in i t right now
1: uh, that's that's amazing no i i and i agree you you're you're spot on with everybody's and it just goes back everybody's important everybody has a job and mm-hmm. and um guys that don't have that chip on their shoulder when they when they come into a, a tier one unit, those are the ones that are most fun to work with. And mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know the tiers, there's jackasses. And you see, there's there's idiots in tier <laughs> one too. Believe, sure. believe it, there's guys like Jesus, sure. what the hell? And yeah. there's idiots in in the white soft realm. But I've worked mm-hmm. with some white and the white guy. I'm sorry, white soft. That's another secret code word. Those are the <laughs> those are the regular seals, the re- vanilla's. You all have tiers, TF. TF
3: yeah, I am not right. gonna get caught on this podcast. I, saying,
1: I'll get I'll, I'll get all that, dude. I don't. <laughs> Yeah. I used to work for. I, I'm saying CIA too. I also worked for the CIA. <laughs> but but um the
2: white
1: but I've worked with guys. Uh, you know another one, even specifically a guy named Mike Haynes, who was a white soft, who was a who was a uh, you know just a, a regular seal, which is it's still quite an accomplishment. But he was tremendous, and he was he was better yeah. tactically than some of the blue guys I worked with. So yeah. it, it all comes down to the attitude and and having the guys that are. Working and the combat support guys that are working. I hate using support because I think that's that that, yeah. that that's a derogatory statement. It's not, but that is so more much important. That's so much important because you can't succeed without that and without having yeah the comms. Comms are. I love comms, but they're hard as hell. <laughs> I, I was always the guy yeah. that would raise my hand. Yeah, I want to get certified on the one seventeen or the Singars. Send me to Harris there at Balad. I want to go work the Harris guys and learn all that <laughs> and set up satcom. But brother, as soon as I left class and I got certified and I came back, if I didn't stay on it, it would be like forty eight hours. Like what the hell. Which way does yeah. this satellite go? Yeah. Is this what? There's
3: too, <laughs> to There's too much to know with like yeah. communications in general. Like, and I, that's what I've experienced now because I'm in IT now too. There's just too much shit to know. So you just you got to keep up on that stuff. Like anything, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it, it it definitely right. But it's so cool. The stuff is, and it is essential in a combat environment. It's extremely essential if you don't have those comms. Because you're not getting back up it, you know, and as you can see even in Benghazi, even if we do have comms, you're not getting mm-hmm. back up to, mm-hmm. depending on who mm-hmm. per, who the president is, you may not get back up either. You know. That's, <laughs> it, that's my little That's my only political statement I'll make this whole time. That's it. I'll get political. But 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 you're you're spot on. You gotta have it. And uh and especially for uh for uh, you know yeah for air support. You gotta have mm-hmm. it for that. Now, mm-hmm. now did I was gonna ask because we didn't get into it too much. Did mm-hmm. you get into or we did you do any any of the uh cast missions were you were you qualified to go out and call cast yeah. in and stuff like yeah, that No, we don't
3: don't get qualified they reserve that just for the seals uh, for, that's okay. one of the big differences actually at least in the little groups that I was I was part of the the smaller groups not um so anyways they are the ones that do that i did more of what i would just say for i'm going to try to break it down in more layman's terms for your audience too but line of sight communication so point to point communications part and part, then of course sure satellite communications like if you go over to my instagram and see that big old antenna on my back i, I threw a, a directional antenna and i just got I, saw, the best. I got the best with that man i'm telling you as as, that, as clunky as it was that awesome. is awesome bro you, you know what i
0: wanted to ask you about because just to go back to something you said you were saying like prior to being in nsw you had you know your attitude was more selfish oh, the way that you put it, it. so bad yeah man so Here's the thing I was wondering, and and my friend Jack Murphy we've had on the show is the one guy I've heard put it this way. And I think even Chris has agreed when, when I've said it. Uh, he's one of the few guys I've heard say, look, I didn't become an army ranger because I love the country and I was all about service. He was like, honestly, it was my own selfish goal. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of guys are afraid to say that. Was that what it was for you? Do you say was this more oh, of like yeah. a selfish yeah. goal to be a oh. special operator?
3: yeah so the thing is is like i was in a really bad place and i didn't know it before the military and i think my dad recognized that uh within me he's a vietnam vet not by choice he was drafted (laughs) Oh wow. yeah so he's a little bit older but he kind of saw i was in a reckless place i mean i was just like a a busboy server type thing just doing drugs and drinking and just really going nowhere with my life with no idea with what i wanted to do which is like crazy because if you follow me now like i'm completely opposite than that which i think is dead proof that you can change if you want to. And if you take the necessary steps, which we can talk about, but For to answer sure. your question more specifically, like I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I think my dad stepped in cause he saw too many late nights of picking me up or doing something that he was sick and tired of. And he suggested the Navy. I don't remember why. I mean, I looked into it, literally had no idea what I was getting into, thought I was in a bad dream when I was in boot camp, but I realized like, and I kind of relate it now. Like you, you think of people that are addicts, drug addicts, And I I wasn't an addict, but I'm just saying in, in, for the sake of the story, like addicts and they go to try to get clean and it's just like the worst thing ever. At least that's what I hear. And honestly, I was on a really bad path where that could have been me. And I think going to boot camp was that, that cleanse, that societal cleanse for me. So I didn't have any inclination of, of what I wanted to do. And I just happened to get an, like, I happen to be an ET like you could have been a, an electronics technician or a fire control man and they just threw ET at me, which is like I said in the earlier in the podcast where you can pretty much go wherever and do whatever. So there was this random chance occurrence when I was still in training, like still in school. And they're like, Hey, this is pre UBL and all that. Like, Hey, this command is doing some, uh, some uh, recruiting. You want to go do it? And I was like, what is it? They're like, it's special warfare. I was like, done. Like I'll go try out for it. So they took me down from like 112 recruits to like, I was one of four that made it. And then when I got there, then I realized like, Oh, this is what's going on here. And I, I love this. Like I absolutely love it. And then I try to get as much qualified as I possibly could to be able to do the, the direct support as we were saying. And, And what that means is essentially again, in layman's terms to go outside the wire to, to not just sit on base and be able to support and do the communications. But, um, so I think to answer your question best, like again, to reiterate, it's just like, I didn't really have a plan to go and and do like NSW stuff, right. To do like some, as I say, some higher speed things. I just wanted to go in and, and because of that background I was in, man, I just, I, I didn't want to feel shitty about myself and not know what the hell I wanted to do with my life. And I think it was that shell shock of like getting jolted around and in like initial boot camp being told what to do. And then obviously... Being humbled to work next to those guys, I did when I got to the command, and and honestly, everybody else, because like I said, everybody gets screened to go there. So those are like some badass guys, like at every level, at every every single person that's there, whether they're a seal, whether they're uh, like me and ET and IT, they're admin. Like everybody is hot shit, and I'm not saying that's who I am, but I'm saying your competition like is good. So. It's hard to excel at that. And those people, like the saying goes, if you're around those kind of people who are type A and really want to get after it, like you're, you're only going to succeed or you're going to get weeded out. Right. So I think that was a pivotal place in my life that to help me grow, to go from this essentially loser. I was this loser who didn't know what they wanted, was selfish, which just wanted to drink and do drugs and, and other things. And I got put into this place and it was, like I said, it was like shell shock, which completely tore me out of what I knew and just was this metamorphosis. And it kind of sounds cheesy, but honestly, that's like the best way to put it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, well, I, that's when you talk about
1: it. it you, People, what Ian's getting into, and say, well, "Did we do it because of the patriotism?" No, no, we did Yeah. Oh uh, we well, did it. We did it. Yeah. We did it because uh, because of of we wanted to better ourselves, or we wanted to prove something to ourselves, yeah. or yeah. we wanted to, or we wanted to fix our fucking selves. Which in yeah. your case, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, f- and, f- and and, and it's and all
3: of all those things. I mean, I think yeah. you're gonna have a certain level of all of that. Like, would I die for the flag? Fuck yeah, like absolutely without hesitation, through and through. W- nothing, nothing would get in front of that. You know but, and, and I love that, but there, there's, there's just so much work that needs to be done on me and I didn't know it. So yeah. I think it's just, it's not like a, for me, it's not really like a simple answer. I, I wouldn't say the primary reason is because I love this country, even though I always have. And like I said, you know, my mom came here and instilled that in me as well, the land of opportunity sure. because she came here for work, you know? So sure. I totally, I, I get that, man. I love it.
1: No, I, I agree. My, my, I mean, again, we talked about my came. I, of course, that's what I've, I, I've, I understand what the flag draped coffins mean because I, I sat next to one for I don't mm-hmm. know how many hours flying mm-hmm. load I've done the load I've done it all I've done, I've loaded that I've loaded them on I've, I've I've fought to see the person that I'm actually loading on with the flag draped coffin that I'm sitting next to after we took a sheet off of him yeah. so I get all that but but all that came for me that patriotism and really came after and still after
2: after
1: after i proved after like okay and after i proved it again when i got kicked out the first time but (laughs) and that but that's what that's what we're saying to me i think jack is the same way i think a lot of guys from from i can't speak for the 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 swick guys um i can't speak for the nsw uh, sw guys as much i mean somewhat i mean because we're all in the socom community but for most rangers i would say that i would say yeah we are Mm -hmm. we were patriot but more so after the fact after mm-hmm. you get in there at the battalion you're like oh yeah now i get it now i understand mm-hmm. now it's the teamwork i'm gonna die for my ranger brother but the flag especially because it, it, you you you, under, you don't really it really you don't really know unless you know but you you had you knew even you knew even more than me because with a dad that was in vietnam i think even more so you understood but and, and that could go the other direction, and we didn't really talk mm-hmm. about that, and I I wouldn't mind hearing about mm-hmm. that if you don't talk about it because it, you have uh, Vietnam, and I know I a lot of buddies are from Vietnam veterans that are mm-hmm. – th- that don't feel – that don't trust their government, that that feel that they were mm-hmm. wronged. And then there's a ton mm-hmm. that, that are extremely, extremely patriotic as well. Um. So I don't know. Maybe I'd, I'd like to hear a little bit about that and maybe direction. Did that help push you to go the route you wanted to, or or was it uh was it an obstacle that you're like because he didn't want you to go that way?
3: He said, yeah. no, no, stay away from I don't all think that. It was an obstacle. But if I could uh, reply to your first point too, I definitely feel as if my patriotism was exacerbated by that time. Yeah. And, yeah. and the experiences I had. I mean, I don't know if we talked about it on my podcast, but like my first deployment was a tragedy like it was it was terrifying and it still is just i think about it every day and we, we can get into that too later but yeah
1: would i would it, we didn't it, talk it was, about that at all yeah, yeah and
3: it, it's, it's it's things like that that just like <laughs> leveled up that mindset you know like <laughs> you, you really have no other choice but to like come through um but i, mean, I, would, my,
0: I would love to hear that what was that first deployment
3: yeah, so that that first deployment was. Uh, so I, I went to Afghanistan a few times, Africa, and that first deployment was. Um, I mean, a lot of you can Google it, but Extortion One Seven, the Chinook that yeah, went yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. We we
1: we we touched on it, but we didn't have time. So if you can go in, if you can, bro. And believe me, we, you don't have to. If it, if you can't go into it, don't. But. I think our listeners would get a lot out of it because this is our podcast is like yours. Hey, how do you overcome adversity? How do you overcome obstacles, especially at this moment in time with these things going on right now?
3: So I think it's, you know, I'm going to say it. And I even recorded an episode about it. It took me like seven or eight years to talk about it on that level. But I think with now everybody kind of knowing like, who i was and what i was doing before the navy and like as i was saying like i was this little shithead essentially and then <laughs> i get in the i get in the military is one thing you know boot camp and then i get over to the command and it's it's another thing and it definitely is like you need you need to grow up you know not not literally but the the environment requires it of you and so when i landed over there i was the fng you know the the, the new yep, guy yep. And so what I was doing, my responsibility, you know, I I wasn't even I wasn't qualified. I couldn't do anything. So all I would do was run out to the helos and I would load the crypto on the bird, do the check, you know, spin up the ACU with the with the guys there and everything and do the crypto checks and just make sure they're good. And then I would be the guy that would just drive the bus of all the, you know, the team guys and the support guys, uh, you know, the other RTO and all those guys out there and just, you know. Salute them. Hey, see you guys later. You know that kind of thing. So that was just one facet of my job out there. Now on the night of zero five zero six August two thousand eleven, I was just doing the same thing, and they had a um, a mission where they had to go out real quick, and yeah. so I, I ran out there, did the same, you know, did the same thing because they were helping out you guys. You know, the Rangers actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that's a that's a long story. Probably we don't even have for this, but it, the the way that the Rangers came through and I I don't think I've ever got to talk to them about this or, you know, in general, but the way that they came through after the fact, getting through the firefight that we went to go rescue you from, but you guys got through it and came back (laughs) and held the site down. Are you kidding? Like it it was the most heroic shit I've ever seen on, on ISR. And so if we backtrack for a second, it was just, it was just another night, you know? And, um, went out there stepped on the bird put the crypto on there and then um you know after we dropped him off and then i uh you know I just ran off the bird because they're sprinting on there a little bit different little time sensitive stuff like we were saying and uh see my buddy uh jared day you know he's the rto and my mentor he was teaching me how to be an rto and i just go see you fucker later <laughs> you know just yeah. see you later and then um the bird takes overhead you know and just Boom! Right over my head, and then I just drive back. And by the time I get to my hooch, and I look in the ISR, I just you, you hear those this, you yeah. hear those two terrible words that you never want to hear. You know, fallen angel. And uh, what the fuck does that mean? I'm a you know I don't know what that means at the time. And uh, oh, <laughs> I'm just looking at this screen, and I just see a, a a burning pile of you can't fucking see what it is, man. You just yeah. can't. And uh, so on and so that's the you know that's so that's Going from being a shithead teenager to in my early 20s to to experiencing something like that, and then the absolute shift of everything imaginable after that within my own head, within the the compound, within the community, just, it, you, you just can't you either crumble or you grow and you grow yeah, yeah. up quick, you know, and everybody there that I was with because of the type of guys and girls that are selected to go there helped each other and we still help each other it's almost been it's been nine, eight, nine years this year and it's almost been nine years right and we still help yeah. each other reach out to each other and that unequivocally was the first instance in my life in adult life my life yeah my <laughs> right. entire life where i was forced by environment to grow up and something i had never experienced i you know i have friends die in high school but I'd never experienced something like that being so close to something like that. And, and so to answer uh, what we're talking about, yeah, that, that was uh, a little bit of, and there's other things there, like you're talking about, you know, having to sit next to your buddies and like, I, I, I I said in my podcast when I, when I recorded my experience on it with a little bit more detail, like uh, we're carrying body bags to the, to the plane and you carry some body bags and the blood's all over you. And you're like, this fucking weighs 50 pounds, man. Maybe you're yeah. pounds or you feel other ones and they're two, you know, 200 pounds or whatever. And you're just like, fuck dude. And you, and I never smelled death before. Are you kidding me? This little yeah. punk ass, you know, like, and so all these little experiences that I'll never forget began to form why I just, why I care right now, why I give a fuck about other people and why I do what I do uh, in helping other people as much as I possibly can, because, I understand. And again, to, to I am totally comfortable with saying cliches, but we <laughs> don't know if this is like our last day on Earth because God knows they were going to go out there and they're going to get it. You know, they were going to get after it and then you, one RPG and boom, that's it. You know, you don't you don't know and, and you don't know that you get hit by a car tomorrow. You know, yeah. so I know that shit is shit that is talked about. People know that but people don't think about it until it happens like this COVID crisis as we're recording this in April of 2020, like you don't expect that. That's once in a lifetime, you know? So that's it. It is once in a lifetime. It only happens once and you don't expect that stuff. So. That, yeah, you know what i was
0: just curious about uh, before we get off extortion one seven, cause it's just kind of running through my mind here is the, the previous podcast that I used to be on um, we interviewed Ed, Ed Dark, uh, Ed Derrick, who wrote a book about Extortion 1-7 and Operation Red Wings. A- mm-hmm. And I know, according to him, there's a lot of stuff in, you know, the story that most people know that, that he mm-hmm. claims is not how it went down. Do you have any discrepancies over, you know, the, the version most people know of Operation Red Wings or, or Extortion
3: 17? I can't speak for Red Wings, but on 17, you know, I read an article and I saw something and it might have been from the the person you speak of, but there was this list or this paragraphs of what was said and what would happen or what had happened really. And I remember there being small discrepancies, but nothing crazy. And I, unfortunately I don't have any, uh, anything solid to give you right now, but, but what I can say, generally speaking, what I noticed from not just this instance in time, but just deploying things that happen (laughs) overseas are very rarely what they get reported. in mainstream media, <laughs> yeah. and, and I think, you know, yeah. you, you guys, I, you know, I don't need to tell you, but I think, and then that could be maybe more obvious now, but I think that that happens domestically too, right? Like right here oh, yeah. within oh, the yeah. States, like shit happens down on the street and they're like, Oh, this is what happened. You know, let's, let's boost up those ratings a little bit. And th- that's legitimately what happens. So I can't speak towards the specific of, one seven. But what I can say is that more than likely, there are probably some parts that are maybe a little off. But I do remember there wasn't anything drastic when I initially read that article that I had read saying that there was a lot of BS in there.
1: Uh, and that, uh, you know, having to go through something like that. And, and it's where I count my blessings is that I, I was able to go through uh, go through something traumatic, uh, like which is which is relatively similar to. Well, obviously it is. Older when I was older later in life after I'd already got out of my shithead phase and now I was into my more yeah. um, uh, older I'm a little bit wiser but I'm still a, I'm still a little bit of an arrogant asshole phase I hadn't I haven't reached the the where my wife has kept me level now where I'm on the good to, but, <laughs> but 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 it was it's it's I I, I we talked about that a little bit it's like you know that that's tough at an age that you are and you're having to grow up quick where yeah. you know, I, you, know I, you know again I. I, believe me Benghazi, we're talking if we're comparing the two Benghazi and extortion I was down later in so it was it was like I'd already seen people die I'd already seen mm-hmm. seen. I've seen collateral damage I would had buddies die already so when that happened it was it was it was easier for me to have when I I, mm-hmm. I picked up Ron's head and it was mush And and, you know, I was, it was okay, and it wasn't a bad thing, it was just mentally I I could focus. What's the job I got to do? I I was able because of the other stuff I'd been through that hadn't that I okay, this is how I'm going to get through it. So. For you to have to learn at that point, man, that's that's that says something. That's some some, some test of fortitude, overcoming adversity. Like we all talked about, you can say cliches all day, because I think yeah, cliches yeah. are that's why they're cliches. Yeah. They're they're freaking right, especially especially military it, with the military cliches. But you're right, man. And and people should learn from that. And it puts things in perspective again.
2: Uh, uh, yeah.
1: Of how of how bad things can get. And then guess what? You can't quit. It's shitty. Yep. But you still oh. got to move on and complete the mission. You don't have time to take a knee face out and drink water. Get, get your ass up and you got to go. You got to go clean up. And that, that's something that's that you were forced to do. And, and I, you know, I, you came out of it all right. I, I think telling t- there's guys that, that came that had to handle c- certain things, similar things that you did that at the age that you were at that are still having issues with it. If mm-hmm. you could tell them anything, and I know I get these questions too. So I know this is a question mm-hmm. you've probably gotten on a lot of other shows as well, but I mm-hmm. want people to hear this because you're going to help somebody today. I guarantee mm-hmm. you, if you could help anybody that's still going through a traumatic experience that happened at a younger age, and they're still fighting those demons, because you can speak on that easier than I can, brother, because I was older. Well, yeah, what would you say to them? How would you, how have you continued to, to, how can you motivate them and how can you tell them, hey, it's gonna be okay? Yes, or and be honest with them too. Because you mm-hmm. just said it. it's never gonna go away. But I can handle it, and this is how I can handle it. This might work for you.
3: Yeah, well, it's you're right. It's never gonna go away. Um, and it might not be okay if you don't do something about it, right? Like, let's not sugarcoat it. Like, it can eat you up. Like PTSD yeah. or or whatever it is, it can eat you up, it can destroy you, and people take their lives because of this stuff because they can't deal with it. People come back all the time yeah. and veteran suicide is still a very real thing because you know, I don't know anybody personally that has taken that path, but we, we are all very, um, we, we know that's a real thing, right? So I would say you can't just sit around and I'm, and I'm not going to be the guy that tells you what you want to hear. Like to whoever's listening, I'm going to tell you what you need to hear because that's the friend that I would want. And what I would tell you right now is if you are struggling with whatever it is, And you don't have to be in the military, right? PTSD affects people all over the spectrum, but you can't just sit there and do nothing about it. Like I was talking to a woman last night, like you can't expect to have PTSD and get over or understand how to cope with it if you don't take steps forward. So you have to work like every, you know, so, so short and sweet would be do something about it. And it may sound easier to say that like me. Right. But I know that, like I was saying about support groups, right? We had support groups. We talk to people. I still talk to people and we check in on each other. So if you don't have a support group, there are plenty of professionals out there that are really good at their job and genuinely want to help you. But it comes back down to another cliche. Ask for help. But you do have to do something about it, man. You, you really have to. I do you, do you think you need to
0: talk to other guys who've experienced the same thing? Because we actually mentioned this last episode. I've, With you know, Jim I'm, West,
1: yeah, Jim and Jack.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, I'm a guy who is not in this whole community, but I think for some guys to seek professional help and go to a therapist, uh, they can't relate to your extortion one seven yeah. story. Yeah. Only someone like Chris could relate to that story.
3: You know, and I and I have told a therapist it once, and it was just like. Well, you know, like, so I, that resonates, I will say two people, or in this case, a plethora of people can experience something and they can have completely different reactions and carry it different ways. I think we all know that. However, I do know specifically that the group that we formed when we came back, the years coming after that were just us. Not not everybody that was even forward deployed, not everybody that was in country, not everybody, it was those guys and only we knew that because we were all staring at that ISR. We all, you know, all, all those details, we all experienced carrying their bodies and my, the boots that are hanging up behind me right now that I, I do the ruck every year on the 6th of August, those boots are covered in blood are still behind me. I mean that these type of things that, yes, you're right. That's such a great point because it's just, you can't really truly comprehend the gravity of a situation unless you're there. Like you can watch war movies all day, right? Sweet. Yeah. I'm on my couch. But if you're there and you hear bullets whizzing by you, the first time I heard an RPG pass by my head, like <laughs> are you kidding? Like totally different, right? So yeah, that's a great point and I'm glad you bring it up. But I think I bring up the professionals because I think I was scared about going to professionals at one point in my life and I I want to encourage that. And if you don't have anybody that experienced, maybe you are a, v- a victim of a sexual assault. Nobody else experienced that specific occasion with you, maybe, but at least starting, right? Start the path, start working on it, start working on yourself and at least get it out, you know, get out your experience and, and look for help. And from my experience, when you start that process, even if it's with somebody else that didn't didn't experience it with you, You start the process of recovery and you at least now know that this person can't help me, right? So it's just a lot of things in life like you don't (laughs) – we're throwing around cliches a lot, guys. You don't win or or lose. You win or learn if you choose to learn from that loss or failure. So if you go and you speak to a professional and it doesn't work and you're like, that dude or that chick cannot relate to me at all and that sucked and I feel worse then at least now you know that that doesn't work for you. But if you keep on moving forward and you're relentless and wanting to be better and heal, then you're going to find that. Because with that example, sexual assault, there is somebody that's experienced something similar and understands it to a certain degree. They weren't there with you, but they understand it. They get it and they can help you. And furthermore, they can help guide you and be that mentor within that thing that you experienced. So you just got to move forward, guys
1: move forward say move forward never quit be relentless we got I got t-shirts coming out galore. yeah yeah but but that's it, that simple when when I do this I speak to corporations it's still I it's still so cathartic for me to speak to corporations to get it out sometimes but yeah. I always say that like I I tell this first thing it's like I'm not going to tell you anything that you didn't hear when you were 5 I'm not going to say anything that you yeah. didn't hear about. When you fall off that horse, get up, get back on it, keep riding. So that's what my dad used yeah. to say. Keep moving forward. When you fall down, skin your knee, get back up and keep running. It's the same thing. And that's people, under, they, they want this some big, big use the force answer from Yoda. No, no. I mean, I can flip it around. So it sounds like Yoda force. Use it that you should do. I can say, is that Yoda? <laughs> Does that sound like it? But, of course but, but it's still the same thing. And that's what you're telling people. And it's, it's yeah. just it. keep moving well, forward. If you fi- if you find somebody you don't like or it's not working, doesn't mean to quit. Find somebody <laughs> else. Fucking redirect. Go yeah. around that obstacle. But keep going forward.
3: Yeah. Don't, don't give up. You're right. You know, like, yeah, if you, I mean, if you really want, I'm the kind of guy, like I said, I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. And I'm going to just tell you like, and I, cause I would tell myself and I tell myself every single day, like, dude, if you really want to do this, you're going to find a way. The yeah. how is never a problem. There, there is a way. And one of the things I learned at that command, one of my, uh, the guys that I work for was like, dude, we can figure we're, we're develop. We develop shit. Like this stuff doesn't exist. So Either we don't have the time, the money, or, you know, we just haven't spent enough time thinking about how to do it and we don't have enough money to do it. But there is a way to be able to figure out how to do something. So in your own life, I firmly believe that there is a way to do things. And, and I do agree with you, Chris, it's, it's that simple. But what happens is as we grow up and as we go through these experiences, we harden up a little bit and we overcomplicate this stuff yeah. in our head. Right. And we just think yeah. it's too hard. And we think, we think that's what we, sometimes we think too much, man, we think too much <laughs> and we get in our own way, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and yeah. if we just take a step back and we take a couple breaths and we really think about what's going and we try to ob- as objectively as possible, be that rational individual and really just think about what's going on and try to make that best decision for ourselves we're going to make a little bit of a better decision, but if we continuously do that, we apply consistency to our lives in that manner, and we try not to overcomplicate things. We find that they're not always that complicated.
0: Yeah. We, yeah. We what, always... what you're saying is that whole uh, another cliche saying, but that uh, paralysis by analysis, which I've heard yeah, before. It's all real talk. Uh, yeah, there was a great uh, motivational speech by The Ultimate Warrior. Rest in peace to that guy. But he he always gave those intense uh, <laughs> rants. But I remember there was one I watched on YouTube that I thought was great. All his motivational speeches were great. But where he said, you know, no matter how many self-help books you read, no matter how many speeches you listen to from Tony Robbins, when you get through the principles, when you get through whatever rules that they have, uh, mm-hmm. whatever ideas it all comes down to do the fucking work. You got to do the fucking work yeah. on yourself yeah. and that's that's what every single one of these things always boils down to. You can read as much about it as you want, listen to as much uh, of it as you want, but until you are willing to get down there and dig deep inside and you know, put that work in yourself, that that's really what it what needs to go down because uh only you could fix you when it comes to that.
3: Yeah, taking action is all that matters. So that's one of the things I say all the time in my podcast. I wrap up a lot of my podcasts with that for the solo podcast section that I have. And it's like, I always say, you can listen to all the best advice, read all the podcast, you know, listen to all the best podcasts, read all the books. And it doesn't mean anything if, unless you don't apply it. So you have to apply it. Like, it's so cool. Okay, great. You feel better because you listen to a podcast. You feel better because you read an awesome book. And like you said, a lot there's a lot of redundancy in the self-help community and that's okay. You can read it. There's different ways to do it but if you don't apply anything from it like what does it ultimately mean like i would just hate that i spend seven days a week on podcasting and somebody's listening to it and not applying it i would just die inside so please (laughs) apply this (laughs) shit you know like i would just i just i just want people to apply it because it is that analysis paralysis and you just read another book and i think Uh. i'm gonna do better and i think i'm gonna do better but you're always thinking again there you go thinking too much again and not applying
1: that's i don't see that's why i do so well in things i, I don't have a problem with thinking
3: you just yeah, exactly I'm <laughs> i do doing
1: I, I just do. i just do it think about it late that's a boy for he says do you even think about what you're doing no not nope, really but it's a strength just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, it's, I may have to work a little bit hard but i'm still moving forward It just took me a little bit longer than it probably should have <laughs> so
3: that's, that's, you got there though right you're doing yeah. it that's what matters
1: that, i i don't always i would rather have somebody you know, that, that that doesn't overanalyze and just okay let's go get it done well, hi did you get it done yeah it took you neck but you got it done heck yeah you're moving yeah. forward yeah. Keep, yeah that that's that's perfect we, and we've as a country we we've become soft in that way and i honestly believe that we 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 do we we overanalyze but then we start to use it as an excuse to procrastinate then we use it as exactly. an excuse excuse to give up. And like yeah. uh that, that we do. And, and that's that's our fast food uh Netflix mm-hmm. triggered you know whatever new no new, new hashtag is out there right now. That's our mentality <laughs> in the US. And and yeah. and uh and we need again, we, we, we need to get away from that. This again, with this hobo Voba, Libity Bibity virus, Michelope, whatever we call it called we have the opportunity to, to, to improve. <laughs> we have the I, I got I got so many names for it, but we have the opportunity to improve ourselves by that and utilizing this break as a way to get the initiative back in our lives and having that initiative. When I say that initiative, I mean, having the ability to take the advantage. When I say initiative from the military standpoint, that means that we have the advantage and we keep the advantage. So we're always moving forward. We're always ahead of the game where everybody can do that in their lives right now, get that Mm -hmm. initiative back. So right now we're hitting an obstacle. We're like at a, at a starting point and you can do one of two things. You can turn that car off and not do anything to improve yourself, not do anything, and just let this thing end, and then slowly start to creep forward, start that car, and then start driving off, or you can just be getting prepared, working out, reading books, mm-hmm. uh, the, eating healthy, uh, you know, doing things to better your li- life, which Putting, means putting your foot on that gas pedal and revving that thing up so when that green light hits and the mm-hmm. virus is done and everybody can go out and start doing things again, you are – you just tick off from that light and you're – I mean you're just off, off running. Yeah. That's where people – everybody should be right now. I am, and I hurt my back doing it, but I'll recover from that. <laughs> but that's what that's how we can be. We, we can always be that way, and this is the opportunity for people to get that way. And you <laughs> you had to do it, and you all did it on the on the worst probably one of the worst days of your life you figured that out because you were forced to figure that out when you picked up your friend when you picked up the body parts and i'm i'm being perfectly blunt with you too because i've had to do the same thing brother And i i know i know it's hard for you to hear it's hard for me to hear when people tell me that but i'm saying it as an as that you did it and you did it and you were forced to do it under the worst situation god dang it you know what that person out there right now that's watch that's having a great day out in the sun they can do it under controls mm-hmm. environment with with the ability and the advantages all in the world where they aren't forced to do it so mm-hmm. I, I i i think you 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 you're you're an inspiration to to everybody out there man and you're an inspiration to me um, even oh, though you're you. navy and well you know I <laughs> navy and you work with the i so let that go Is that, no, no <laughs> well, i, I, we, we I mean more <laughs> <laughs> But that that means a lot. That's huge. And and people should listen to your podcast to hear those things and hear what you hear, what you have to say. And honestly, your story, I know I can tell in your voice, it's hard for you to talk about. I get it. That's why I never force anybody, because it's hard for me to talk about it. And Sometimes I don't want to talk about what things happen, but it is inspirational. So I want you to know that on a positive side, every time you say something and people hear that in your voice, that it how it affects you. Yeah, it's hard on you. I know it takes away a little bit of your life when you talk about it because it takes away a little bit of my life whenever I have to remember something like that. But in the end, you are helping someone. I guarantee you help somebody out there that's listening to this podcast. So I appreciate you you, you nutting up and sucking up and, and doing that for us. So, man, <laughs> really appreciate that, bro. No,
3: that, that means a lot to me. Like I was saying in the in the very beginning, like we just – you forget sometimes the impact you can have by making your story – public right and that's like part of my thing like when i wanted you on because i was like all right so obviously a lot of people know what happened with you but why not continue to share that story and that's always been my mission with with my platform is to share those stories because we all do have a story to tell like i would guarantee i I would go as far as to say is that everybody listening has some kind of story it's a lot a lot of people have a lot less resistance than others a lot of people have it a lot worse than others and i get it and especially in this country and i'm not going to sugarcoat that either like having gone forward and being some really crappy dark places they live terribly we have it awesome like people complaining about washing their hands right now too much with i'm sorry clean drinking water it's just like it doesn't register man it doesn't register so I appreciate when you say that kind of stuff, because even me, like, I'll be honest with you guys, it's barely coming out in my podcast, but I've been going through struggles my own right now, like this week. And I had to cut the episode, the frequency of the episodes back a little bit more so I could focus on my mental health a little bit more. Cause I felt as if I was just focusing on everybody. Right. And I was yeah. using my podcast as you're talking about distractions, I was using my own podcast as a distraction from my own mental, my own mental well-being by helping other people. So I was deflecting my lack thereof purpose by helping other people find their purpose. And I just realized that last week through a, a mentor call, and man, I just, I just got to change things up right, right now. But I'm continuing the podcast, so it's still going.
0: That's good, man. Does it have anything to do with the COVID 19 stuff? Because I can tell you, for me, I mean, I. I've been honest about it on the podcast with Chris. I do find myself to be uh, a pretty positive guy. I wasn't always that way. Um, and this set me back a little bit just when your routine changes. And I think yeah. it's just in the past week that I've realized, all right, I can't do my workouts in the gym right now. Uh, I I one time ran a half marathon years ago. You know what? I'm going to get back into running a little bit more. I'm going to change mm-hmm. up my goals. Uh, I'm going to find some type of different work that I can do right now outside of the podcast. And now we're increasing the show to doing twice a week. And just uh, nice. having a set schedule. Because I just know for me, when I start waking up literally at like noon every day and then, you know, playing video games and watching Netflix, it sets me back to bad habits. It brings me mm-hmm. back to the Ian Scotto that I'd rather not be and, and not the guy that I've developed all these good habits from. So yeah. Is it a result of this at all or just outside stuff going on?
3: No. So it's a lot of things. It's, it's not that I will say I, and I just told somebody this today. my, my morning routine, my schedule is better than it's ever been. I actually had an injury where I couldn't work out for like seven or eight months last week. Uh, as a result of something in the Navy. And I was in a dark place because of that. My not only were my muscles atrophying, but my mind was atrophying because of that So when you say, you know, I'm getting up at 12 and I had bad habits like, dude, I know how crappy it can be. But I also do know that when you put a little bit of scheduling in your life, the more scheduling that I have, the more freedom I have. It sounds crazy counter to that. But the more I'm tough on myself and the more habits, the good habits that I form create the consistency, create the momentum, the better I feel. And dude, my morning Absolutely. schedule right uh, now, I couldn't agree more is, with that is rock solid. So I, I didn't cut the podcast back because of that. It's just, I had a, uh, somebody, it was a guest on the podcast and he spent like 30 minutes post-recording talking to me. Uh, one of his self or his, one of his self-help books is my favorite self-help book. And I talked to him and he asked me some questions about my life and I was I have general answers to him, but I couldn't answer anything specifically. He's like, dude, you don't know what the fuck you want to do really. And you're just helping other people and you're deflecting kind of like I was saying earlier. And you just, you don't have enough time to do you, to do what you want to do because you're, you're just doing everything by yourself yeah, for everybody yeah. else. So yeah, man. And, and to go on to your other point about like morning routines and everything. And, and you just, you just, who do you want to be? like, if you know you want to be that guy that gets up at twelve or, or whatever the example is, then so be it. But if you want to be somebody else, if you want to be that guy that gets up earlier, then just do it. You know, Absolutely. just <laughs> you're gonna like I was saying earlier, you got to find a way. And there's people that are gonna help you find that way too. Uh, you
1: know, I with with your with your talk and you talking about um, you need to find yourself, brother. I, I believe you. You do. I I, I, I I Ian can see when I imploded. Everybody – when I imploded Mm -hmm. and I was helping everybody else, and I wasn't Mm -hmm. helping myself, and Mm -hmm. it really does. You do – people oh, you're selfish. You got to – you worry about everybody else's problems, and it really affects your head. At least you recognized it, and that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And and people that – you're going to offend some people by pulling back. So what? You got to take care of yourself. You just can't be that person that's giving – because if you're not right in your head, you're going to go down a slippery slope, and it doesn't end well for you. So I'm glad you recognize it, man. And you're yeah. right on. And, and, and you do. And 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 people need to realize that you can't answer everybody. When I I, I don't answer a lot of DMs anymore, and <laughs> people get pissed off. Like, well, I'm not yeah. sorry. It's I people got a family. You no. yeah. yeah. just can't please everybody. But yeah. you're still helping people that that really are that, that need to be helped that aren't looking. Just to just to get that gratification by you reaching out to them it just mm-hmm. because and, and brother, don't I, I I'm, again, I, I'm glad you realize that. I'm glad you're seeing it. I'm glad you're fixing it and understand that never in your life. this is coming from me and old fart like myself <laughs> d- do that. Do what you can do, but don't go over and beyond bend over backwards that, that you have to make everyone happy because it's not going to be possible. And it's OK, but you need to be happy. Because if you're not, then you're going to get to be 50 and you're going to
0: be crusty old. No, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm a good spot. I'm, I'm on. But, when but I figured you know it out. I think, I think everybody does go through that. I, yeah, you know, yeah. I think Tony Robbins has bad mm-hmm. days. You know, mm-hmm. every everybody, I, I think sometimes we think because we've made all these improvements in our life and we're in a better place that we're on like the last chapter of our book. <laughs> and then some sure. type of chaos happens in your life and you fall back on bad habits. You have days that just don't go well. And I think like self-improvement, it's a, it's a never ending thing. It never stops.
3: 100% through and through I want to be learning until the day I die. And I genuinely mean that. I mean, how, for me, like, how sad is that if there's a, there's a finite point to where I'm done learning or I'm done as an individual, like, I don't want to, I don't want it to be 10 years down the road and I'm just done. What do I do after that, you know? So I, it's good to realize that you're absolutely right. And I genuinely just felt as if was, I was pouring from an empty cup, essentially, right? And I just had to give. So I'm gonna still pour a little bit, still pour a little bit out, but I uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, just gotta fill it up, man. We spent a lot of the time just filling it back up and, and working on that and there's there's nothing wrong with that. And you're right, not everybody's gonna understand that, but that's fine, man. People that understand it are gonna understand it. Like the people that really care, about what you're doing and, and understand you will get it. And for the people that don't, you know, fine. it's good. It's going to yeah. happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. you know what I see it, it with Chris, and I think
3: you had this in your own
0: life at a time where, you know, you often talk about the people that I think, look, I think it's good to stay up on what's going on in the world, but the people that get obsessed with politics with every <laughs> single move, every politician is making, there's something not going right in their own life. I think because you know, I, I've talked about it before on the show. I think you have too, Chris. Uh, you know, if you start working out, start making changes to your diet, you're going to see improvement no matter what. You know, if you stick to a routine, there's mm-hmm. going to be a positive change. However, mm-hmm. you have no uh, you have no control over who's going to win the next election, over what changes politicians are going to make. And when you get obsessed with something that you have no control over, I mean, it's just it, it leads down a bad path, I think.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I completely agree. I think an obsessive personality is good because like you were saying with with the good habits, right? Like me, I, I've been working out. I haven't missed a day in 66 days because I got challenged wow. to work out every single day. So I've been even, a, even if a, a you feel like a, an injury. Really? Well, I had the injury and I couldn't work out for the, for, the, for like eight months. You know, I couldn't even hold my baby daughter who was like eight pounds at the time when she was born. So coming out of that depression, I I, I passed that. And well, that's even, that's another tangent because I couldn't work out. (laughs) So I substituted reading and Chris knows this. I read a book a week for a year. I just just finished it on Sunday. I read a couple of Chris's books. And, um, so I substituted out of that. I wasn't going to give in to not being able to work out and being depressed, Mm -hmm. you know, screw that. But when I started to able to work out again in October, dude, I, I was a shadow of my former self. Like everything I had worked for had been gone and I was mentally drained too. But now it took till two months ago, you know, after working out for four months, to be able to work out more than two or three times a week. And I'm still, even though I'm working out every day, I do not have the level of intensity that I used to have. But I'm getting there. And yeah, my morning routine, my my morning routine, still better because I have meditation, gratitude, and I read from a, a, a stoic reading book every single day. So those are three other things that I'm actually. Majority is taking care of my brain as well, right? In the yeah. morning, and I wasn't doing that before. So, without the injury, without the reset, without pulling the arrow back a little bit, now I'm able to shoot farther because I crushed the reading. I'm able to have the gratitude, meditation, stoicism, all of these things. And now, now I can work out again. So, now I've pulled all of that thing, all of those things into this momentum, and I'm just so excited because. It was such a such a dark place for a while, not being able to do anything, and now I have all these other tools under my belt, and I'm able to do it, and pretty soon I'll be back uh, to that 100%. But it's it, it's feasible to do something every day. You just got to find what works and listen to your body. Yeah, and that's
1: it goes right back. You had that foot on the gas pedal, revving, ready to go. Well, you, well, you, well Chris, you, you I need the, the momentum, man.
3: Yeah. I I need I need mentally. I need the momentum. I need the consistency. And I have the obsessive personality where if I break that streak, I will F myself I'll fuck myself up <laughs> so bad in my head, it will be way worse than not doing anything. So thankfully, I haven't been sick for those 66 days and I haven't had an injury, but my neck is terrible. You know, it still hurts, but I'm able to do it, you know? So I need the momentum. It, even if it's like I'll go on a walk with my family and I'll wear my rucksack. So I'll get a good ruck in, you know, for a couple hours or something. And, and just doing something and staying true to yourself. We talked about who who do you want to be? You know, we were setting talking about setting schedules, bad habits, good habits. Who do you want to be? I want to be that guy that doesn't give up on himself anymore, right? So I'm going to combine all the things that I've been building up for the last year and I'm just going to continue that momentum. And I know with that momentum and that consistency that comes from that or the, the consistency builds a momentum that I'm just going to be in a lot better place. And then speaking about pouring from an empty cup, I'm going to be able to, as a result of that, take care of and help more people. Like I really have a true passion for
1: that's experience. That's I always listen to somebody that's been through is telling me how to improve by their own experience. than somebody who's just telling me how to improve because I I saw it on, I saw it on Google (laughs) and you can tell the difference. So I, somebody that's failed miserably, or has been down those those holes and have come out of it. That's who I want to listen to because I believe that because I'm so I'm gonna relate to because honestly I've I have failed miserably so many times on things, but I always just continue to pick yourself up and keep moving forward and 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 try to better myself. And I do say try, but I don't say try. No, I am trying. I'm trying and I'm continue to try because. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to, I'm not going to quit on myself. So I'm going to continue mm-hmm. to try and to try to improve because you're right. I'm, I'm going to be 90. I'm still going to be trying to improve because I'm never going to reach that, that pinnacle And that's fine. whatever pinnacle that is, it's always setting those goals forward. But there's going to be a time too, where I'm 90 be like, okay, <laughs> I, I I am going to try a little but not as much as I used to. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think I'm just going to try to, have a well-formed shit today. That's what my goal is today <laughs> because I'm 90 years old, but it's still a goal. I, and I'm <laughs> going to have that sense of humor of always till I'm 90, that terrible sense of humor that nobody gets and how I just, how my, how my wife just <laughs> tolerates. But, but, but you're right. I, I know I'm, I'm making it, I'm trying not to make a joke light of the situation, but I am too. I, but it makes sense that what you're saying, dude, is that you, you just continue to move forward and you, and you keep working. It's and that, it's that simple. Just continue mm-hmm. to move forward, no matter yeah. how how awful it gets. Just continue to move forward, even if it's baby steps. And and I don't know, you you, you said it, you said it, and you hit the nail on the head as usual. So uh, <laughs> now, nah, bro, no not well, worry. I appreciate. And, really and
3: that's appreciate what that. works for me though. You know what I'm saying? Like if because I've interviewed 155 people now, and I know it's different for everybody. So somebody's listening to me, they're like, oh, that's such a bullshit, sixty sixty or whatever it is. I don't know. There's always there's always somebody out there, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. And if you really want to get this shit together, then you're going to look past your own shit and you're going to find what works for you. And you're going to understand you could pick things from me. You could pick things from Chris. You could pick things from Ian. You could pick things from whoever you want, bits and pieces left and right. And you can build up your own story and crush that. But what works for me, doing my morning routine is not going to work for you. Maybe but it probably won't. And I'm not saying it is, but I'm going to say again with a whole PTSD bit that we were talking about earlier that you need that forward progression that we keep on touching back on. You need to be able to pushing forward if you subscribe to the growth mindset and if you subscribe to being better just for you and for the damn world, honestly, because we need more of it and you just need to move forward and you're going to be all right. But yeah, man, that's pretty much it. Don't overcomplicate it. Like we're saying, <laughs>
0: Yeah, that that's one of my favorite quotes is uh, Bruce Lee, absorb what is useful, discard what is not, add what is uniquely your own. I, I try to take that with everything. And I'll echo a lot of uh, what Chris said there, too, and of, you know, the uh, genuity of of what you do, of of uh, just being yourself. Because the, w- one of the things I've noticed definitely in, in recent years with Instagram and Twitter is that, like, self-improvement and positive mindset, it's become this really trendy thing that everybody is a part of and everybody's (laughs) posting about. But I think a lot of the people are full of it. And you could tell who really puts this stuff into their life every day, who's really doing the work. And I think someone like you saying, hey, recently I had a little bit of a setback and I'm changing up my routine. I'm changing up what I'm doing every day to get back to the mindset that I need to be at. Those Mm -hmm. are the people that are real. The people that will tell you every single day that they're crushing it and they're killing it. Uh, (laughs) nobody's
3: crushing it and killing it every day so you know those people bullshit. no you're right and we we live in the information age obviously and we we've said a a bunch of things that definitely coincide with this and i know as working in it that this is most definitely the thing but you're right it's really trendy it's really fatty but there's a lot of good out there there's a lot of genuine people that really want to help but it's like how do you find those people how do you tell if they're bullshitting or not or all of these things. So now these new skills that are having to be creators are you have to sift and refine the information that you're taking. You need to have a really good filter, that BS filter, right? You need to have a really good filter to be able to r- figure out who you're going to follow. I guess if we're talking about Instra- Instagram or something like that, you know, who, what information are you going to subscribe to? You got to be really careful about that stuff because you're right. There's a lot of people out there with an agenda.
0: One hundred percent, man. So for all you listening out there, definitely check off, uh, check out Christoph's Instagram, which he posts a lot of this stuff. Check out the podcast. It's at Christoph Lewis on Instagram, K-R-I-S-T-O-F-L-E-W-I-S. Uh, very active on Instagram, has a great page on there. Great podcast. Uh, anything else uh, you want to add, Chris, before we wrap this up? I mean, I think we've we've covered a lot of different things that people are going to take into their uh everyday life and, and use Nah, yeah. we now this this is oh which chris is
1: it the, is yeah, it you yeah chris? sure <laughs> I mean? is it the old chris say the old chris not the not old the young chris. good-looking chris the old <laughs> ugly chris no, no 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 chris hit it right on the head chris i still like Christoph. Man. it just sounds so cool chris Christoph. now i what he said is is and i think that's why i uh, Doing the podcast, we we really have the, the same mindset of they just just continue to move forward, man. It's not that hard. Just just find a way. And him and I, the same thing. Both have bad days. We we've gone through hell. We're going to continue to go through hell at some points in time, and then we're going to have outstanding days too, just like everybody else. The, the The trick is, you just don't stop. You just continue to move forward. Figure out a way to get get through whatever they're go- whatever you're going through, and then once you are through whatever that is enjoy the day enjoy the sun enjoy the trees enjoy holding your eight-year-old hold my four-year-old enjoy you know just to, mm-hmm. just enjoy the day find every day and make the best out of it and 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 uh, i think where people get out of this podcast this episode is that cliches are okay cliches are right. <laughs> cliches <laughs> are, are are just fine and they are accurate so uh that's right yeah, bro, yeah, bro. I, I appreciate it you, you did awesome man
3: No, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's, it's more than an honor to come on and be able to talk about this stuff. Like I I do on podcasts, but they don't always talk about the things that we talked about today. And through all this stuff, I mean, we just need to realize like the adversity that we go through, like my struggle is my blessing. And you know what, it's not always going to be easy, but that's why most people aren't doing it. That's why most people aren't achieving their version of success. That's why most people are, don't have a morning routine. That's why most people don't have a night routine or know that a night routine helps your morning routine. You know, you set yourself up for success, all of those other things. So your struggle is your blessing. Embrace, embrace the resistance and keep moving forward. And thank you so much, guys.
0: Thank I you so much. This brother. was great. That that was an interesting one. Loved speaking with him. And I think a lot of what he said, I'm going to take into my own life. And uh, the whole, the, you know, his whole struggle being his blessing thing, I could completely relate and yeah. some of the most inspiring stuff in my life I take from when other people had uh, downfalls. You know, I think stuff in your books people take that out yeah. of. I've been reading David Goggins. Uh, he yeah. he writes a lot about that. As you guys know, I'm a huge rock fan and nerd of yeah. the whole genre. And, you know, I, I, I've I read Nikki Six from Motley Crue and the stuff he's written about, about overdosing on heroin and then doing <laughs> heroin again. And the crazy thing is that inspired him. To not only get clean, but little do people know, that was after the Girls, Girls, Girls album. And people felt like Motley Crue. All right, they had two or three big albums. You know, they're done. They're not going to have anything big after this. And he was determined to prove those people wrong. Put out Dr. Feelgood, which is the most memorable album of their career. That that overdose inspired the song Kickstart My Heart. And like when yeah, I read yeah. about all these types of things, every single person that I love in life and I admire. I don't know. I don't ever like to say idol or anything because I don't think you should make anybody an idol uh, or worship false false idols for that means. But the people that I I take something out of their story, they have all gone through crap. I remember Joe Rogan saying, like, I love a good success story, but you know what I like a lot more? I like a guy who fucks his entire life up story and then picks it back up and really gets his shit together. Those, as he said, and I'm totally plagiarizing uh, what he said, but – Those are my favorite stories. Well, that's that's really in
1: essence when I when wrote the Ranger Way, that's all that was. (laughs) When I wrote that second book, it was how how did we how what what did I fail at? That's where people need to write because there was at that time there were so many books out of. Of of you know the the war books of how cool the killer I was oh mean let's listen I wonder this and and ops are cool believe me there they are do what op did I do how did I get the Taliban down how did I do how that? many how many but,
0: confirmed kills how many do confirmed I
1: kills <laughs> it was I like the first which isn't a my real thing right a confirmed... <laughs> confirmed kill is
0: not a real thing from
1: what I don't I don't know how you can I don't I don't know how you can do, I don't know how you can do that I maybe mean, maybe who knows dude. I don't think so <laughs> I think first first kid on my block with a confirmed kill. Um, but I, it was when I, when I, when Hashette came, I was like, can I, I just want to write a book how screwed up I am and, and however, and they were like, oh, okay, sounds good. And then that's what it was. And, and cause I'm the same way. It's like, I, I, I want to read a good book to be entertained. I love the old war books from Vietnam. Cause I thought they were the coolest thing in the world. Charlie Rangers, one of the best books I ever, uh, ever read, but uh, I didn't really take anything away from, uh, from as far as, um. Uh, I didn't take as much away from learning uh, a book, somebody that just succeed, succeed, succeed. I didn't even know how did, what did happen first? They had to have failed some point in their life. How did they learn from that failure? And that's from my dad and my mom too. You know, Hey, son, you, you fail. yeah, Pick up. Let's try again. And you try again and you try again and you figure it out till you, till you, till you don't fail anymore. And then you've, okay, I've got this down. That's how we become wise. And, and so, no, I, I, I believe that immensely. You, you got to learn how to fail. To be successful. And I've been saying that since, honestly, I've been saying that since, since we came out with 13 hours. So when I started talking, um, because with me, I'm I'm not afraid to tell you I'm a screw up you screw up my wife will tell you you want anybody to talk about how screw up what I am talk to my mom and my wife they'll tell you but I say but he but Tanya even said it during our episode which I'm very I I, it actually touched my heart Tanya my wife she said it during our episode she goes he he never quits he always will continue to to, till he gets it and that is to me that's that's uh, that's somebody that's successful um money and all that I don't care what you're successful you don't have to have a ton of money I honestly I I I was worse. I felt like less of a person when I was making a ton of money than because I wasn't myself. I I wasn't then when I just okay. This is what I need to be to be happy. Um, and making money actually was a failure. That was a fail part of my life because I was probably in the worst part, worst state of mind in my life was when I was when I was making the most financially. Um, then. When I was like, okay, I, I, that's not important to me. I'm making that too much important. My importance, my, my need to be over here. I failed here. This is what I need to do to fix that. And I had to, did my little AAR and I fixed it. So I, bro, I'm i completely right. And the people you mentioned, um, yeah, their stories, Nikki, Nikki six. I, I, I know I haven't read the books, but I know the story because I, I love Motley Crue. But oh, yeah, yeah you're spot trying. on. I mean, hey, that's another one. It screwed up, screwed up a lot. And then he screwed up again, knowing that he was going to screw up to come yeah. out of it. And, and that's all. But that's it's 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 again cliche, but it's spot on that. That's I know spot for on. a
0: fact, man, that your book, along with like Leif Fabin and Jocko Willink's yeah. book, which is about your yeah, J- failures, inspired yeah, other yep. books. Uh, yeah. Jack said himself that it inspired his book, Jack Murphy, when he was on, because a lot of guys yeah. in the community said, I don't want to write a book about how badass I am and what combat deployments I've seen. I, I kind of want to want to write an yeah. honest book about the failures I've had. And, and you know, someone like Judge uh, Jim West, who we had on last episode, he's written yeah. about that stuff. And I think. Yeah. People are, are, I think people just see through the bullshit, really, of when people write just the positive, look how great I am. The, there's always something behind that.
1: You're right. You're right, bro. They see, people can see through the machismo. They can yeah. see through the, 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 the alpha maleness, which is, a, alpha male, honestly, to me, is a contradiction in words right there. <laughs> me, I think you know, alpha males are probably the most insecure individuals out there. Uh, and I'm one. But that is, that is, that's why you did it. And I'm, I'm glad. I hope and Jocko, I've never met him personally, but him and I, I believe, you know, I, I know his story. and again, he's a, he's a tremendous public speaker as well. My same mindset. It, it's just, Hey, we screw up. We screw up a lot. How do you learn from those screw ups? And that's that's important. So I when Jack said that to me, that was that made me feel really good because that and especially being from the community friends from, from the regiment, too, because it is it's scary going out there. Initially, when I first range away, it's like, all right, I'm going to tell people how screwed up I am. What's going to happen? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You don't you don't you don't want to tell people how uh, your faults, but I think there's a strength in that, too. Okay. Well, if anybody's going to do, it's going to be me. I'm going to tell, yeah. well, tell you, whatever. I'm going to tell you.
0: I remember on Jack's Instagram, when I had an uh, advanced copy of the book, someone wrote a comment that said, uh, and it was like a sarcastic comment of, Oh, I wonder if you're going to talk about, uh, you know, you shooting someone in friendly fire in this book, like LOL. And little did they know I had an advanced copy of the book. Sure as hell. He does talk about it.
1: Yeah. And, and that, and that's, that's hard to get through. I, I think that's therapeutic. But it's also, again, hey, man, strength, having strength, showing how we failed. And then what happened after that? That helps people that helped me growing up watching failure, watching people not not succeed at everything. Um, and it honestly makes you stronger to me, I, to me personally it makes made me stronger and it also i understand too when i make a mistake at this age now even though i still make mistakes a lot of them i can know how to fix it i know what to do now to to first of all try not to make that mistake but sometimes it happens but once i do okay what do i need to do to fix this mistake so it doesn't happen again um Unlike when you're younger you're going to continually make the same mistakes just because you're younger you don't know any better you know you're, you put that so you put your hand in the fire so many times so you're like oh that burns i better not do that anymore and you don't do it anymore now i just need to put it in once like oh shit that hurts that was stupid okay <laughs> don't do that again but it 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 I, I it comes down to that the failures failures and learning from the failures and this we kind of went full circle from the beginning of the of the show we talked about urbanization and the COVID and everything. What, what <laughs> failures did we learn? What what are our are, are leaders that have so much arrogance, so much pr- bad pride? There's good pride and bad pride. Pride. Are they going to put that aside and learn and say, what the hell did we do wrong? Or are we just going to go and just talk bad about political candidates to go into the election and tell how everybody else is so screwed up? And that's how we're going to, you know, going into this next election, which honestly – I foresee that happening where it shouldn't. It should be politicians and our leaders coming back. And what did we do to screw up? How did we screw this up? What can we do to fix it? And so it never happens again. I don't know, brother. Maybe they need to read Jocko's minds and Jack's and and, and Christoph's books and figure this shit out. But – I don't know, brother. You're, you're so you're more optimistic with, with politicians, I think, than I am. I, I don't know. Maybe
0: not. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, I think we're in a pretty similar boat with that stuff. You know, you yes. know what I wanted to ask you about before uh, we wrap things up here? Cause I wrote it down and kind of wanted to hear your take. Sure, sure. Uh, so I, things may have changed by the time this goes up because this is going up on Monday. We're recording this right now on Wednesday. And by the way, we're also going to have a show up on Friday because we're doing the two shows yeah. a week now. We're going to record twice a week, have a show up Monday and Friday. But point being, um, last week, early on in the week, I believe, CNN reported that Kim Jong-un was – they they had a report. They didn't say this was fact, that he was reportedly dead or they were possibly ah. saying brain dead. Then S- South Korea was then saying that's not the case. Kim Jong-un is alive and well. Um, and then there were reports, is his uh, sister going to become the leader of, of North Korea? So, yeah, I don't know if you had any insight on that. I'm wondering if you think he's dead or not. I I think, I mean, and then there's also people saying that he's in hiding because of COVID-19. Uh, if if he is uh, brain dead or something like that, they're probably keeping him in hiding. Uh, I I think he possibly is dead. I'm going off of what uh, some stuff that Gordon Shang said, who I believe to be an expert on Asia for sure. The guy's been right on many things before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm just wondering, and, and the, the surprising thing to me is if he is dead or brain dead, <laughs> I I couldn't believe that there would be a female leader of North Korea. It'd be surprising to me. Yeah, that that would be, uh, I, I don't know. I
1: I, I know we, you mentioned that last week. I didn't really do any due diligence on it to see, because to me, if he is, he is, if he's not, he's not. To, but for them to be hiding, yeah, he probably is. He probably, he probably is that, and i that's why i asked you cuz you really are more in tune to that than than i am you, you I really are and that's not a bad thing you really are you, you know more about. It. I, I don't know why if he is passed and he's got why they wouldn't just well he's he's passed away i know he's a huge leader i i know i don't think it would to me to be honest with you hiding it i don't think if they came out with it and said he is passed away it would create chaos in north korea Anymore, they they I mean that's the iron hand you're not gonna g- get chaotic unless there's just another a civil war within North Korea, which would never happen because they just there's the military just would squash it and they have no no problems killing
0: their own people but bro i
1: I, I don't know I, I really do, don't do you, know you think
0: it go- might be trying to figure out who his successor is whether it is his sister it, it, or yeah if so,
1: but it, it would be hard to say. i i I couldn't see yeah i I can't see. I can't see and there's gender discrimination, in North Korea. All right. Uh, the hashtag me too doesn't work in North Korea guys. They, yeah. they don't, they don't play that game. Um, I would be hard to see if them to have a female female successor. So maybe that's what they're trying to do to get it figured out, but it goes back to politicians it goes back to politics and, and, and lying and misrepresentation. And yeah, bro, I, I just admit that he's dead. All right, go move on with the next step. But, but brother, I, I, with you talking about last week and then a little bit more information you telling me now and just getting my layman gut reaction without watching the news out there, I would say, yeah, he's dead. And you are probably spot on with the, uh, with the uh, analogy of they're just trying to find a successor because they don't want his sister to come in and be the successor. Honestly, I I think they could probably use a lady's touch over there in North Korea, but (laughs) I I don't think it would be detrimental at all. I think that'd be a, great move and and hopefully it would open some some doors to to maybe some negotiations because there's no way you're going to negotiate with with north korea i I mean the
0: closest that we've had is trump you uh, know we never had anyone meet with the north korean leader until now uh some people will tell you did no good some people feel it did a lot of good I, i think just having an open conversation
1: you never know until you try so it was not a negative to meet with Kim, with Kim Jong-un, uh, to, uh, be, uh, then not meet with him. If if you're not going to meet with him, well, obviously there's never going to be a chance for success. If you meet with him and it was failure, well, at least you tried. I mean, I mean you gave it a shot, but now you know this guy's batshit crazy. <laughs> we don't need to meet with him ever again. But you didn't know that until then. So, yeah, I, I didn't see any problem with that.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, it, it does show a huge difference between, I just remember, you know, n- and not much difference between Bush and Obama on this one, but I do always yeah. remember Bush had that strict foreign policy of, we do not negotiate with terrorists. And that, that has not been the Trump foreign policy no, He's and to meet with other people.
1: He, and, you know, it came from the eight years under Obama too, where we def- we negotiated with terrorists all the time, behind, behind the scenes, all the time. Um <laughs> Countries, it's just different, different now. Now, you're right. We haven't, he has. nothing's gone on since Trump. So I think we just figured out. Well, probably not a good idea. Nothing's good going to come out of it. Now with the new leader coming in, I bet, I bet there is some, some meeting that's set up with this new leader, whoever it's going to be, just to see what, what can happen. But North Korea, <sighs> they're setting their ways, brother. They're setting their ways and, and it goes to control and dictatorship and and populists populace and the, the the if if they have a really a democracy, all those all those people up top will lose will lose control, they'll lose money and you know, who who knows? A lot of them probably would be strung up by the populace. So they have no reason to give that strength give that power up. So I don't know, brother. I, I it's it'd be something that we're talking about if the sister is um elected as a leader because i would i would like to see it and da- you're right david uh, david chang right chang, chang uh, or right, gordon chang he was on David's oh, yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. he was on uh, a david uh benton court show i've yeah, been on david. yeah. david's i've been on it david's awesome i love i've been on his show uh one, was a great interview there i did it in dallas um yeah uh, gordon he's the one that's the expert there i, I would listen to what he has to say about it for those of y'all that want to get more into it listen to gordon chang get his views because he can obviously speak eloquently on it if you don't know who he is he lived 20 plus years uh as a as a an attorney in china wasn't that right is that am i
0: off yeah yeah, and now he's he's banned from the country they will not let him in uh (laughs) is himself chinese uh you know and i've i've met the guy plenty of times so i should say not not i don't meet him every time i've i've known the guy because he was a regular and will cow and I, I trust his opinion on things, uh, and he will tell you, China is, as a country, their leadership, they are not our friends, and uh, the people themselves are who we should be standing up for. The people do not want to be under that iron fist, and to me, I think um, those protesters in Hong Kong, they're they are more patriotic than a yeah. lot of the, I guess you would yeah. say, you know, social <laughs> yeah. justice warriors you see running around in America. Those uh, those people are out there with American flags singing, uh, you know, national anthem, and Telling us what's going on in China. and They do have concentration camps over there. That's not conspiracy theory. And uh, somehow we're saying that they're great people. And, you know, it, there's been leaders like uh, Michael Bloomberg when he was running for president saying they don't have a dictatorship over there. They listen to the people and it's beyond what? me. That,
1: you know, oh, you got to.
0: Oh, wait. I could I could pull up the clip, guys. If I anybody have. No, did, I said it no on, on PBS with Margaret Margaret Hoover.
1: What uh, do, you, do you have to have your head so far up your four point of contact? Are you are you kidding me? How do you guys keep electing these people, dude? I, I, get, I don't I don't get New York at all. I just well, anyway, we'll save that for another episode. I won't get into that. But yeah, but I
0: mean, but it, it is crazy because it, it, it you know, you know, what's crazy to me is no matter your feelings on how Trump is handling this and he's done a lot of stuff that I'm like, what the hell is this guy talking yeah. about? He's done other things that I think are great. Yeah. Um, but I think if you're more angry at Donald Trump than the Communist Party of China, you got problems. Then you're you're
1: just never going to be fixed. That's why, again, that's why I just turn off the news. I, you just can't even in headlines. We're still berating Trump. and I'm in total agreement. I think at the beginning, I think he handled things just shitty. Uh, The Twitter stuff like get off Twitter. That's not important right now. The country is important, not Twitter and fighting with people and and people, idiots at CNN on Twitter. But then you're right. I think he's done done things that were 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 presidential as well that were necessary, which the travel ban to China. That was. Yeah, that was excellent. Stop it right now. Boom. Don't do it anymore.
0: It's funny because you you said that yourself. (laughs) Back uh, many many episodes ago, where you were like, "That's that's a good move," while people were still saying that was uh, a bad move. And you know, I know Nancy is well, comm- now uh, saying it wasn't harsh enough, even though at the time she was. Oh, saying and she's that. like,
1: "I know, but my like, gosh, why do people listen to politicians?" But that's just again, that's a common sense. Common sense is all, easy. Everybody's got it except politicians. They lose it. Everybody except politicians have common sense. But that's just common sense stuff. Stop it. Done. No more travel. In and out. Uh, there you go, right? But anyway, I, I getting back to to China, and and I agree with you, bro. I completely agree. They are more patriotic. Those protesters there, and you're right. I mean, our protesters here, when they protest, you know, you may get tear gas if it gets completely out of control, bro. You get get out of control there. You're getting run over with a tank. That's what's going to go yeah. on in China. So I, I agree that. and, that's the, and they're using. That's what they,
0: that facial recognition technology to see if you're protesting. Yep.
1: And your family's going to pay for it too. It's like medieval days is they're going to go after or the mafia. They're going to go after you and they're going to go after your family. So, uh, I, I admire that as well, and and I admire the the protesters there in, in China doing what they're doing at the at the. I
0: don't know if it's still bro again.
1: I don't watch the news. I don't even know if it's still going on, but I know.
0: Well, I think, I think I think COVID nineteen has shut down everything. Pretty you know, much, yeah. protests, everything, political rallies. There are protests going on over shutdowns, which is you know it's been really yeah. weird seeing that type of stuff. But yeah. Um, wrapping things up here, I, I do want to say, of course, that Fort Scott Munitions, who's been with us for every show, great manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC-spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as directly online through fort scott munitions.com, F O R T S C O T T M U N I T I O N S.com. Go there now. Use the exclusive promo code <laughs> BATTLE LINE for 15% off. And I really do Excellent. say go there now because there's a lot of stuff that is flying off the shelf. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. That you promo got is only available to our listeners. What were you saying?
1: No, and you, you got to. You're, you're exactly right. You got to get out there and get that stuff. And, and, just to see what it looks like, guys. I will post photos with this with the tunnels toolbox that of course you can get on Christonoparano.net that I have with Maxim defense. And I'll be running that Fort Scott Munitions ammunition three hundred blackout out of that toolbox. I'll post some videos on Battleline Tacticals Facebook page uh, next week. So you can see if you if you're still eh, should I go for it? Should I not? Well, I'll have it in those in my shorty little tunnel toolbox. Uh, and I'll be shooting that 300 blackout out uh, for Scott Munitions ammunition, and you can see it live on a video. Live? Is it? No, not a live on a video. You can see it <laughs> on a. I'm on a roll today. You can see it on a video, and I'll post that next week. Just, uh, just, uh, just so again, you want to do your due diligence, and we want to make sure that we are giving you accurate information, which we are, and so you know that we believe in every product that we that we uh, we endorse on battle on the battle line podcast.
0: Yeah. When you were saying live on video, I was thinking maybe a Facebook live at the gun. I, could do,
1: one. I I'd do that. We do that too. That's fun yeah. too. We'll get a lot of that, a lot of that done. And um, I, I know we, we didn't have a read form at the end, but I, I do really want to push this out there. And I'm sorry, and made just one last thing the guys, again, athletes out there. And because it's been amazing. Cause when I have my back, when it goes out, it really goes out badly. I, I have been so happy with that Ned body butter stuff. Just give it a shot. If you're using Icy Hot and stuff like that for inflammation, dude, give try that. And you don't smell like an old man. You don't smell like I look. You don't smell like that <laughs> 50-year-old Icy Hot guy. So, get that Ned body butter. Um, and uh, you know the CBD oil speaks for
0: itself. That, yeah, that's for just sure. That yep. Thanks, bro. Yeah, no, that stuff is great. So once again, for if you're checking that out. That is helloned.com slash BattleLine. And and once again, just to wrap up with Fort Scott here, Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BattleLine Tactical, and the BattleLine Podcast. Uh, And you know what? I am currently wearing my BattleLine Podcast shirt. It just came in the mail. I'm wearing the red one. I got the red and the green. I saw Audacious Andy as the black. We also have them in gray. They look awesome. American flag on the sleeve. Uh, these were designed by Aaron Lauder, who did the design of the uh, logo, did all, all the stuff that you've seen of, of the imaging is really Aaron Lauder. He does an awesome job. So check those out. It's at Tonto-apparel.myshopify.com. And I'm going to put the link in the, in the um, description here. You guys are going to dig these shirts. I, the quality is great. Uh, yeah, they're awesome. Awesome design, once again, by Aaron uh, it's really simple and to the point, and I've been wearing this all day. I'm probably gonna wear the green tomorrow, and Ooh. yeah. And there's a ton of other great shirts there too of of Chris's per, uh, personal designs, Battleline yep. tactical stuff. And uh, I think the episode that's going up Friday, if all it, it goes according to plan, will be by far our biggest guest to ever join us on the podcast. Very excited for it. Who who is it? I, who you
2: is
1: it? Know. Who you who, know. who is it? Oh my! Did you are the it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and without knocking on wood here, and you know he, this is one gentleman that was – when the book came out and Oz and I and Tig were actually doing book signings together, it was right at the beginning of 13 Hours when Mitch Zukoff and the us, myself, Boone, Jack Silva, Oz and Tig wrote 13 Hours, What Really Happened in Ghazi. This gentleman was the nicest guy to us. He, we met him at SHOT Show. And uh, I, I can't. I have the utmost respect for him, and, and I still do. I, I I think he's. And damn Yankees, one of the best rock bands. I mean, do you just that, give away oh, who
2: it is? Oh my gosh, I did. <laughs> I'm
1: gonna tell you right now. Should I tell, Should I say it now,
0: or should I not? I get, should I I not? Mean, I, here's the thing.
2: <laughs> I always,
0: I've, I'm, always just on alert for someone. To okay, be like, oh, I all right. Can't do this. That's. But, it, oh, but, it, sure. but it, I did. No, no, no. no I I, I, I agree didn't to
1: do it. I did. I didn't say. I'm not gonna say who it is. That's all I'm gonna give out um but that was like another one of those were you know ian ian is a I love music ian knows music there's a difference i love music ian loves and knows music but but that was one of the, like one of the first super bands right there with yeah with you get you get the guy the, the you know you get the guy and then you get the other guy that was with sticks and you, you, and, and you get the guys that were um uh was it who was it? I, I gosh why am i drawing a blank the singer he's sang for oh shit brother and actually if you look
0: i don't remember i know i know it's a member it's of Six it's one of
1: the big eight the it's other one, guy. yeah it's one of the but i'm not going to give the names out with the other guys
0: most easy hint ever of who who were it's all right and if you can't to have one actually so, or if or you Friday. can't
1: Yep, no but we'll leave it at that. I'm not going to give out any more. Okay, Ian, don't don't get it. Let's just keep it at that right
0: there. Yeah. Right, um right. but <laughs> yeah, once again, I, I've really been enjoying these and I hope you guys are too. And I think with all that's going on, uh just these podcasts letting everybody know we're all in this together, I, I think it's helping some people out, just as it is for me listening to uh, you know, like I, I mentioned the other day or on the other show, Eddie Trunk. Uh, yeah. He's doing these those cool top five lists. the The latest one is top five drummers. I've been enjoying those. Uh, all different shows I've been enjoying. I really liked uh, some of the recent Joe Rogan stuff. Joe Rogan with uh, Tom Green was a really great show. Wait, Tom, and, old
1: Tom Green? I didn't know that. Yeah, man, There's he did. Really? He did a,
0: show, a episode recently, uh, and it's the first time Tom Green left his house to join Rogan in the studio because Rogan actually is testing people uh because he's got that in the budget he's able to just test people when they come to the studio and <laughs> if they're clear, doing them in the studio I, I look forward to being back <laughs> oh, in the studio my lord that's uh, crazy but yeah I mean I've I've been listening to podcasts nonstop, and it's uh it's just been a huge lifesaver for me if we didn't have them I I don't know I'm not as much of a tv guy or a movie guy as you so it's definitely kept me sane through all of this
1: yeah that, and that's as long as it keeps just find a way to get through it find a way to to continue to press forward and improve yourself so everybody can everybody can and and um yeah if it's podcasts, is podcasts. it's it's movies for me books for everybody books for other people movies and working out for me and 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 then being with my family Um, whatever you need to do to get through it just continue on and like i said we put things in perspective we have it we have a great guys there's if you want to watch a show, it's a documentary um, that was on, I believe, stars. It was called uh, F- uh, Fathers and Sons, and it's about uh, a family that, and it's a documentary. Actually, it's about a family that grows up uh, an ISIS family. They grow. They're called. Wow. They, they call themselves Al Al Honestly, they think there's a difference. ISIS and then Al Nusra. If you guys that don't understand uh, the global war on terror, terrorists, Al Nusra feels like they are the true Al Qaeda followers. Where ISIS, they feel like ISIS is not. They don't really follow follow Al Qaeda's teachings to the letter. So one's more, that they're both terrorist guys. It's the same, but it, it does. It follows, uh, and it follows uh, the the kids. It follows these young kids growing up and their father who is actually ISIS. And I just want people to watch that, because it's about the family and the kids, and really it puts things in perspective. To do we really have it that bad with what's going on right now? Do we really have it that bad? And that's how I look at things, like because I I, 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 that's where I talked about the Afghanistan with that little post I did of with the King's tomb. Those are the kids. That's why, firefight. There'll be a firefight. And the kids would still be playing at the playground. I remember driving by Kabul, by the university, and there was a little playground. I see little kids playing. And I remember my son, Christian, he was like four at the time. He's 15 now. And I remember thinking, if my son was here, he wouldn't give any crap about Al-Qaeda, Taliban, or anything. He would just want to go play with those Afghani kids there and all this shit. And it really puts things in perspective for me when things get bad, like we think it gets bad. That's why I... That's so why I don't think it's that bad to be yeah. honest because these people, and they, there's, there's no, there's no light at the end of the tunnel for that. There's none zero. And, and I, I want people to see it. If if you really want it to put it, it's, it's not, it's a tearjerker a little bit, but it doesn't really have a happy ending either. But I think it puts people into, per, it puts things into perspective. So, so give, I just called fathers and sons, I believe. And it's one of those, documentary movies i want to say stars but it might be hbo and I may even be on netflix so check it out if you can
0: well said man and and i guess i'll leave it with this on my end uh because i think we said it during the podcast really if if the past month and a half got you in a rut it's it's never too late and i'm saying i'm preaching this because i need to hear it it's never too late to get back into some of those good habits or develop new good habits and uh say you know what i'm going to push forward through this i'm going to persevere through this and I think Kristoff did a great job of yeah. explaining that.
1: Yep. Outstanding brother. Well said. I have said my piece. I think that's a great way to end it right there.
0: All right, guys, every uh, Monday and Friday moving forward, you're going to hear new shows from us. And I think next month is gearing up to be our, uh, this coming month, May, cause you'll hear this, uh, in May, May is gearing up to be our best month yet in terms of guests, uh, and all over, you know, the field in terms of tactical community, special operations, musicians, uh, we're keeping things as versatile as possible.
1: Yep, definitely. And just come on and just get cheered up and know that we're not going to get super political, if political at all. We may have our opinions, but really what the Battleline Podcast is all about is just giving some positivity and giving some tools for you out there to overcome adversity and, and just continue to move forward. That's all it is. I guess Battleline Podcast is, the switch is on. Mother Epper, just continue to move forward. Just move forward. Ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha!
0: That's all for this episode of Battleline Podcast.
2: But we have new shows up every Monday and Friday, so make sure you're subscribed and keep up
3: with the show 24/7 on Facebook and Instagram at Battleline Podcast. Also on Twitter at Battleline Pod. As always, never quit.